Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention. Attention. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, eye. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? How you like me now? Championship Sunday. Just a couple days away, the final four of the National Football League. We're going to look at it from all angles on a Friday. Big hair, heavy metal. You probably need something to kind of lift you a little bit if you're a Jaguar fan after all the things we've been talking about this week. So bring some good rock and roll suggestions to us today, and let's rock out a Friday. Welcome into XL Primetime. Uh, We look at Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Lions, the coaching carousel, it is not done yet. We will definitely spend most of our time today on the National Football League. You know, we'll sneak a little bit of college football, transfer portal, recruiting <clears throat> rankings, all that stuff. We'll sneak it in. Uh, but the main focus, is, as it's been proven to us time and time again, uh, the NFL is A number one. Now, this time yesterday, we opened our show talking about Trent Baalke after the pre- – or actually the presser was going on right about this time yesterday. And then once it ended, we dove into it big time. And everyone out there, all of Duval, if you're an interested Jaguar fan, you definitely have you know, either listened, reacted, dove in on, went after Trent Baalke, whatever the case might be. How much different is it uh, 24 hours later? So let's at least set it up. Baalke is still right now – in control of this franchise as a general manager, what are the priorities that he needs to follow to make sure that he gets this football team back to where they need to be uh, in playoff form? So, Leon, I just think we'll just kind of go through like a to-do list. And I think we would all agree Josh Allen is to-do list number one, right? I mean, there's really no argument there. And then we'll start to sort out all the other stuff. But all the fallout that came from the Trent Baalke presser yesterday, bro. Mm -hmm. What was the conversation like around the – Around the cigar lounge. Well, I mean, listen. The, the one thing that we did agree upon that Trent Baalke did say that this team needs to do. They need to be get bigger, stronger, faster, and tougher. I, I like that fact. That I, but he's got he's he's a big part of that as well. Who you're going after in free agency and who you're drafting. Um, he put the he put the onus on the development of the players. I mean, he, when he said we got to get bigger, stronger, faster, that means he's telling you that I'm getting the guys, but somehow you're not preparing them to win football games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's another you know slight that he's taking on on the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning crew and all that kind of stuff because he feels that he's done an adequate job in bringing people here. Right. And for some reason, they're not bigger, stronger, faster. faster all right, I'm going to ask you – I'm going to ask you – Yeah. I, I like to ask dumb questions. I think there's somebody <clears> out there thinking the same thing. So uh, the – how much bigger, faster, stronger did you get from your college days to mm-hmm. your professional days? And I'll use the example that Hayes Carline gave yesterday. Luke Fortner had been in college – he was a super senior. He'd been around a minute. Yeah, been, yeah. So, how much bigger, faster, stronger does a guy like that get? And he's like, well, he's like poster boy number one for the guy well, who didn't do. Well, it. well here's a, well, well. Listen, when I came into the league, I was two ninety five. My playing weight was three hundred five, so that was ten pounds. Or okay, All but right. but but you, you get bigger, stronger, and faster uh, in the off season. And then when the season starts, 
whatever whatever weights you max out and well, you 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 try to do reps to maintain that throughout the season. And if you're faulting in any area, whether it be the calves, whether it be the legs, the hamstrings, biceps, triceps, there is a flow chart that's 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 that the weight room coach has. Mm-hmm. That if you're if you're down on sets or reps and all that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff is monitored by the offensive line coach, by the weightlifter coach, and the head coach. Because here's the thing: you want to somehow maintain your stamina and strength throughout the season, and if yeah. it, if it tapers down too much then that's a concern. That's why they, they, they were adequate in making sure that guys somehow kept the same reps throughout the season. And, you know, during the season, you get banged up in injuries and all that. All, that, oh. all that's taken into consideration, but if, the, if there's nothing wrong with you, if you're not maintaining a certain standard of the weightlifting during the offseason, during this regular season, then there's a concern. Either the coaching staff is on your ass yeah. about the reps and you're being lazy or – there's a significant problem where you're digressing in some area that may not carry you on during the season. Like that one time when Coughlin blamed you on the play because you didn't make weight. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, Matt. I said it. I said it yesterday. I never. I haven't heard. At least I can't remember. Someone remind me. Uh, a general manager stepping to the podium uh, a couple years after he's had this gig and whatever. Uh, use the bigger, faster, stronger thing. That's usually reserved for a head coach. Uh, that's taking over a program in college football. I know they do get bigger, faster, stronger the more they're in the National Football League early on, but that one kind of made me laugh, actually. I think it's almost – I've been thinking about this for a while now. It's almost like a combination of uh, hubris, of cowardness, of I'm bulletproof and I don't care what any of you think. Right. Kind of thing. It it did. There's a lot of bulletproof comments. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, bulletproof ball. I I think he thinks – number one, he thinks he's bulletproof because – He's probably at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. This is it, right? And number two, he doesn't care if he gets fired. Yeah. This is how I'm building it. We're going. We're doing it my way because I know this wake works. This is how we're going to do it. This is what I'm going to say. And if you don't like what I say, too bad. Yeah. And that's. I mean, there is some. There, there is some ability to have that liberation in you when you say these things. But you're also, he's putting out signals that it's not conducive to a healthy team let's just put it that way on and off the field. yeah it does not sound that way have you heard bigger faster stronger from a gm that no. you can that you can recall safely safely can tell you no oh. i i'm going to pair that though with something we referenced yesterday and here it is in front of me that jimmy ward comment after uh-huh. trent balky had left the san francisco 49ers quote from jimmy i still think about the day that i think it was after the giants game playing cover three trent came up to me and was like jimmy you don't know how to play cover three. I'm like, I'm the buzz player. I'm doing the right thing. You need to look at your other guys. Whoever is in the hook, be pushing the hook on the slant. That is something I will never forget. I tell you, I'm telling you, I named him yesterday. Whistle wannabe around the neck guy. Didn't that, he have a whistle with one camp? Didn't one yeah. camp he have a whistle around his yes. neck? Yeah, yes. That was the herb camp, right? Yeah, he, I think so. All right, now let me just see if I can give you an example. All right, now, uh, first off, I, like, I'm going to get J.J. to – play one of these sound bites, uh, the one on Anton Harrison. Uh, and, and you might even play uh, the Cam Robinson together. But first off, it has been pointed out on the text line designed by Lifetime and Closure. Just a simple question. Uh, is JJ still breathing? Uh, because The live stream tells us he is. Yeah, I see him yeah. moving. Listen, so, if you weren't listening yesterday, I bet my life that <laughs> by the start of next football season, Bill Belichick will be coaching on an NFL sideline. It took a hit yesterday <laughs> with the Falcons. But, uh, yes, I'm still around because 
We still have two teams left, baby. That's exactly right. And I'm hoping Washington does the right thing. Listen, by the way. You've Wednesday. given up on the Seahawks? Yeah. You don't that see just Bill seem like, up there? I don't know. I would love it. But I mean, got, either one. I'm fine with. Trust yeah, me. He's, got, he's basically in the same age range as the guy they just can, so they're used That's to it That's what's up making me not think he would get hired there. And they just fired an old guy. He's got a hoodie. For the great Northwest. He's built for that weather. Yes, yes. Dude, at the end yeah. of the day, you got to stop betting your life or your <laughs> yeah, mom's I'm life. Or your mother. The, end, the days so. of betting people's lives got to stop. Well, you're right. You when me and JJ right. came to the determination that Bill Belichick is Tom Hanks and Castaway. He's out on a lonely island. island talking to Wilson. He is. He's looking at a soccer ball or a football or whatever. Hey, the, the deflated football. Yeah, the mm-hmm. deflated football. And the other thing is, like you said, Washington, you're hoping they'll do the right thing. When's the last time our nation's capital has done anything right? Okay? That's a great yeah, point. That's a great so, point. So, all right, Damn so, it. Let's hit this. Yeah, so the first one yeah. is they asked, which if you were listening closely yesterday, when asked about Josh Allen. Yeah. Balky was very quick, very quick yeah. to just say straight up he's coming back next year. Yeah. So he was asked first about Cam Robinson, and then I'll play what he said about Anton. The discussions on who's all going to be here, who's not going to be here, I'm not going to commit to anything right now. We got some, we got some work to do. Uh, we got some hard discussions to be had. But as far as Anton's ability to play right or left, you know, you look, this year what he did as a rookie coming into the National Football League and going up mano-mano on some of the best pass rushers, a gauntlet of pass rushers throughout the course of the year, and you look at the pressure rate that he gave up and a guy that wasn't given a lot of help in terms of chips and double teams and protection, uh, you you got to be nothing but proud of, of how he handled himself as a rookie. And he's only going to get better. Because there's another young guy that really loves the game, loves to work, loves to compete. Uh, so we expect great things from him. And do we feel he can play left? Absolutely, we do. Now, I think most of you were thinking that we all zeroed in on the mano mano. Not the, I thought it was nano nano. Are you going more convenient on that? Yeah, it could have been. Mano e mano. Oh, yeah, mano e mano. It's kind of like me with the annals okay, and the annals. Yeah. You know, it happens. I'm mano mano. No, no, that's not the same <laughs> thing. A little different. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it isn't. Uh, anatomically mano, speaking, mano. it's a little different. Mano mano. But oh. here's the other part of this. And I am going to point this out, as I will continue to point out the whistle around the neck wannabe, is that he said. Anton Harrison did a good job, and you might be able to pull that one little singular sentence out of the middle of this, J.J., and we could just kind of set it to the side. He said he wasn't given a lot of help in terms of chipping, protection. And once again, that's a coaching comment about Doug not or press – not having enough Getting guys. Out there, yeah. And by the way, Leon just said you just said facts. Though. Facts. Yeah. By I mean, early on, I mean, when against the Niner game, he struggled a little bit against you. Got Bosa, and he got chipped a little bit. Whatever. I mean, yeah. but it's for twenty-one the, years old, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd expect it too. Yeah, but for the most part of the season, I mean, he was on the island. He did well. Now, here's the thing, Anton Harris. I mean, he, when he was at Oklahoma, he played left tackle, right? He yeah. played left tackle at yeah. Oklahoma, right? Got moved to right because you had Cam. The question is, can he play left tackle? Yeah, but can he play left tackle well? That's in the league. In the league. That's the different part because outside of now you've got you've got uh, you've got guys on the right side. You the guys on the left side and on the blind side are usually your best pass rushers. Right. 
Now, you know, like a Nick Bosa comes off of the other a, side. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, he's going to see that on, on a continuous basis. We and can, a TJ Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, he had TJ Watt. He had Nick Bosa on his side. I mean, he did well. He got he had help on, on, some, on most occasions to help, but the mass majority of the season, he just well, the, he was on the island because yeah. he, they had gained the confidence in him mm-hmm. as the season progressed. It is good to trust him. That that That's yeah. a huge plus. And it was right. a necessary draft pick, it, but also a good draft pick. But the other part of this is, it, is that – I can't. I'm not disagreeing with Trent on this one mm-hmm. because that is a criticism but, of the offense, and I think it's fair. But here's the sad part about it. Here's the sad part about it: that the fact that your rookie right tackle was the most consistent player on your team. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. It's damning. It that is. is damning. With all the guys, yeah, I mean, now when Cam came back, Cam was good. He was solid. You know, he didn't show any rust. He played well. But I'm saying all the other guys interiorly, when you when you got Sheriff and you got Fortner and you got the, the interchangeable parts at the left guard position. That kid on the right side was solid. And don't take away the fact that he played every game. If you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, when Cam came back, he was good. Cam missed seven, eight games. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that's. And he, and he played with some toughness. I, I can't remember what game it was where he got, I think he got a helmet in the back or something like that, where he was, he was sore. Where whatever. he left the field just for a little where bit. Where he left came the field back. a little bit and came back. Well, that shows me a little toughness about him, which I like. So, Anton, we feel good about. But mm-hmm. let's go back to the other part of this, which is. Trent Baalke was prepared to say that Josh Allen will be a Jaguar next year, but wouldn't Jaguar. wouldn't commit to Cam Robinson being a Jaguar next year. Yeah, and I let's just like let's just use one of our first. What's his main priority? Okay, what is his main priority? And I do think that's probably as important a decision that he needs to make. I'm not going to say exactly where I've got it, but. After Josh Allen, you got to lock him up. That's a number one GM job in this offseason. But the decision on Cam Walker and Anton, that is a massive decision. Well, listen, when it comes to Cam, I mean, you know, availability is, you know, he missed four games because of suspension. Then he missed another, what, three or four because he was hurt. I mean, that's eight games. That's almost half the season. I mean, how how much – I mean, I'm not saying his body is turned, but how, reli- how reliable is Cam Robinson moving forward if you pay him even more money? Yeah. Because you're going to have to pay him more. I mean, he's going to want what? I mean, he's making what, 16 now? Somewhere like 16? Yeah, his cap hit. Yeah, he's going to make yeah. it 16. He's going to want 18. 17, and, I 17 think. million. Yeah. He's going to want 20, 22. But if you move the rookie over there at left tackle, you save you some money. You're on a rookie deal for another, another four, you, you, four more years. And then you move Walker Little to right tackle. He's got to play better. He's got to stay healthy. And then you got a good, then you got a two young bookends right. uh, as, as your tackles. And, and, and Camp's still under contract uh, with that last, this would be the last, last go around and then the last cap hit that you would have to take, which would be a, a considerable savings if you were to take him off. Mm-hmm. And then, Matt, we listen, as much as we, raved or believed in Walker Little. I'm not saying you were the the only one. Uh, he did not have as good a year. Now, he's thrown all over the place this last year. Yeah, he's the starter. He's hard, the replacement to, for, the, for the suspension guy. Yeah, and then he moves over. He gets hurt. But, but are you prepared to move Cam over, or excuse me, Anton over to replace Cam and put Walker at right? That's a big decision. No, I'd be prepared. If you're not, if you're not re-signing – if you're not re-signing Cam – I would be prepared to. I don't know why we're automatically thinking we're, you're going to move Anton over to left. Just keep mm-hmm. him there. Well, he's, he's who's, good at where he is. Okay, but who, who's better at left tackle? I don't know. If you've got Walker Little and he knows he's left tackle, period. He that's played it. pretty good the first four period. games of the he season. He did. He did. I'm not. I'm right? not you're not playing left tackle, Walker. The entire camp, everything. We're not moving you to guard during camp. We're not moving you to right tackle during camp. You are a left tackle. 
Yeah, I think I think well, I the think one you got plus two for that, right there. and I do think we include this. Like, where is it, where are you going to play these guys? As far as one of the, again, Trent Trent may have his 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 hand on the roster as well, making some of these decisions instead of Coach Doug Peterson. But if you are about to pay Walker Little, then you're going to be paying him more than Anton, which would suggest. Yeah, I, I just, I just think it's. Spot. I I want to circle back real quick to yeah. to to Balky when he's talking about how Anton Harrison. He's what did he say anything about Brenton Strange, or Tank Bigsby, or Lacey? Yeah, he didn't. He, what about he, the other he picks he made? He didn't dig into that too yeah, much. Yeah, what about out. the other picks? What about Yasir? Yeah. Right. What about what about the no no free agency in Lacey? the in the rush game behind your two starters? Yeah. Right. Well, that uh, Rick Ballou actually pressed him on that, JJ. If you want to ready that clip uh, because he referenced several of the edge rushers that were mm-hmm. in the building for interviews and uh, because he actually asked Rick to, to name them. I, I wish I was kidding. JJ, do you have that bite? Yeah. Let's see. Okay. If we can... So he's talking about, he said they had, they had clowning in the building. It's like the old Seinfeld episode with the rental car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anybody can just take a reservation. Yeah. Anybody can just bring yeah. somebody oh, in. You actually have to the give them cash and force them to make a decision. Here it is. Trent, during the offseason, you restructured a lot of big contracts and had plenty of money under the cap. Why didn't you address the pass rush? There were plenty of veterans out there that could have helped this football team. Well, I think when you say plenty, I'd like to know the names. Well, you Clowney, know, Floyd, well, it, it, again, we brought Clowney in. He chose to go in another direction. So you uh, Clowney? I'm not saying that. We got in discussions with him. I'm not going to talk about what we did or didn't do. But we got into discussions with him and had him on, on campus. He was here for a visit. We felt we had Dwan coming back off injury. We knew he was coming back. Uh, we drafted a young man that we had a vision for. Uh, you know, we had Chase on in the last year, his deal. So more so looking at back, looking at during the season, what could we have done to upgrade the roster? Are there moves we could have made? Once again, I don't live in the past. I don't live in regret. Uh, but. You know, we got to continue to look at those things, and you're, you're never you're never done trying to make your team better, more competitive. Um, you Did he say he had a vision the for Chase on? Yeah, moving forward. No, no, a vision uh, for Trayvon. Yeah, it was just it was a Trayvon to Chase on. No, no, Trayvon. <laughs> okay, he said well, okay. a vision he for Trayvon, bring, and then and we had Chase oh, okay. on under contract. We had a <laughs> vision for Trayvon, okay. and right. we had Chase on under contract. Oh, okay. He basically Ooh. brought up yeah. three guys is why they didn't sign anyone. He said, said we have Smoot coming back, yeah. who was terrible. Chase on, who was terrible. Yeah, and the draft pick, who, fifth round guy. I don't even remember. To be fair, Chase on probably had his best season as a Jack. Okay. Well, yeah, that's More relatively sacks this speaking. year than uh, the yeah. three previous combined. And the only thing is, is one of the main reasons you don't live in the past is because your past doesn't uh, – your past haunts you. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the reason why you don't like to live in the past because that was not doing anything on a critical position piece that needed an upgrade. Allen and Walker played much better this year, but depth is always going to be a concern. And to expect a guy coming back from an Achilles <laughs> – yeah. After you witnessed an unfortunate it was his vision, Joe. Yeah, an unfortunate, yeah, mm-hmm. an unfortunate comeback. Heard about a vision too, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it ended on a night in Cincinnati, suburban Cincinnati. I'm just yeah, exactly. the situation. Yeah. And so, like, honestly, that's that's the part that gets me more than anything else. And here's the I, I got at least laugh a little bit about this. I'm glad someone did ask the question because he kept mentioning bigger, faster, stronger. So the natural question at the end of this presser was, will they make a change at the strength coach position? No, I think we do a good job. I think uh, I think we do an excellent job in, in 
the, the training staff, the, the, the human performance department as a whole. I think we just, we've got to do some things a little bit differently, right? We got to, we got to push some narratives a little stronger. We got to make it, uh, you know, it's tough to get these guys competing against each other in that weight room. That isn't always, but that's where we're going. You know, it's got to be a year-long competition. It's got to be a focus of ours to get stronger, to get more physical, uh, to play the game at a level that you need to play it to win in January and February. To which, let's bring this conversation full circle. Thank you to Dell on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures for sending us this tweet from Mark Long from mm -hmm. February of 2022. Mm -hmm. Rumor at the Senior Bowl. Jaguars GM Trent Bulky was looking, maybe even tampering, to hire someone to take on an assistant GM role to handle day-to-day -day operations, which would allow Bulky, wait for it, to be more hands-on with players on the field. Leon, <sighs> will Trent Bulky be the one in the weight room pumping guys God, up? God, I hope not. No. Keeping track of who's actually leading at the bench press and, I, I, and God, squats. God, I hope not. And... That would be embarrassing because, I listen, I was the Jaguars for five he, years. He does look pretty fit for his who age. Who was the guy? He who runs were, every day. Who was it? Michael Hughes? Was that our GM Michael back, in the, back in the day? I never saw him in the weight room. Or hardly on the field when I was at Jacksonville. Absolutely not. And this yeah, narrative that you got to compete in the way you're professional athletes, you get paid a, a boatload of money that you're supposed to be self motivated yeah. to get yourself in shape, to get yourself in tune for the regular season. I mean, if you don't have those type of guys in your locker room or in your weight room, then you go find them. Yes. You go find those guys. You got to find guys who 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 match your your niche that you, what you were trying to be. You got to find those dogs. You got to find those guys who are self motivated, who love the game of football. If you got guys. In the weight room, lounging around, drinking water, telling stories, and and, and re reading the paper, you got the wrong guys in your locker room. Yeah, and that and, means you got the wrong guys on your team. And I love them, uh, Dale, going back and finding that because that's the one where it did suggest he'd like to coach as much as anything <clears throat> and being out on the field and interacting with the players, which is a danger zone as far as I'm concerned. You made me laugh when I'm thinking of uh, Paul Vance as another guy in the mm. front office. Uh, I couldn't picture him in the weight no, room either, on, no. <laughs> challenging you guys to, yeah. to, to get one more rep out of it. But – the bigger, faster, stronger, he just completely went away from he, from what he said originally mm -hmm. when he said we've got a good program. It was just a bold-faced lie, uh, and so that's where we are. All right, you guys can chime in on it, 641-1010. You definitely have had a day uh, to delve into everything that was said. So you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. JJ, they can go to YouTube and search 1010XL and offer up a comment there as well. The Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! And so jump in on the whole idea of what you got out of yesterday and the biggest needs, decisions, moves that your general manager needs to make going forward uh, now that they are fully into the offseason. So I, I guess I will – let's just unveil one because I will just stay with the idea that Cam, at the very least, is the best, most experienced lineman on this football team, mm -hmm. best, most experienced. At the second, he is, even though he didn't play as much as Anton, he was the second best offensive lineman because he wasn't available for mm -hmm. nearly half the season. So you have to make the decision. Do I want to save money or do I want to make sure that I have Trevor's left side protected with an experienced guy? Because this is what we all say. There is not a lot of experience or leadership in that locker room. Mm -hmm. You know how important that is, and there's not a lot of it. And so I'm going to say that is sec 
besides Josh Allen, the second most important decision that he has to make. Do we keep Cam, and where are we going with Walker? Well, Cam has one more year on this contract, right? Yes. Okay, well, we got him at least another year. But if you want to pay him, because here's the thing is he was Mm -hmm. one of two players last offseason that Mm -hmm. didn't have his contract restructured, which that's the writing on the wall. It's his final year here. And I heard that from multiple people inside the building that that was the plan. And then when Walker Little got hurt and then Cam played well, the rest of the line struggled, all of a sudden you're looking around like, can we afford for Cam to be a cap casualty? Yeah. So the What's his number this, this annual year? Average, million? Is that right? Annual average salary of $18 million. It was a three-year $54 million deal. He got 15 mil up front, 33 mil guaranteed. So he's gone past that. So now you're in that 21. Year, right? yeah. You're going to be a 21. 20, yeah, 21 neighborhood as far as that would be the cap mm-hmm. hit, cap savings, all that type of stuff. And so honestly, so uh, real quick, let's at least hit one on your list that, that you would do beyond keeping Josh Allen before we get into our championship talk. What's that one thing that you guys that's popping in your head? Trevor. Right okay, so you want to get that deal done this year, this mm-hmm. off season? Okay, yeah. get it, okay, get it done. Because because it's probably be more affordable this year. True, we're, we're, very true. Was, yeah, probably more affordable. And I know us. I know us. Yeah, probably it, it'd probably be discounted. Like you yeah. know those DVDs at Walmart that are like yeah, in the super, basket. Yeah, yeah, in the basket. Yeah. Each season, you know the cap's going to gain in two for two. Yeah. He also could get better, and if he gets better, he right. and the cap increases. He's, he's coming ask off for a ton of money. He's coming off an injury riddle, yep. maybe not injury prone, but injury riddled finish to his season mm-hmm. with a lot of turnovers. Yeah. So you actually do have a little bargaining power on this side of the table, mm-hmm. even though the number one pick knows what he's what he's worth uh, on the open market. But anyway, so you say that, yeah, Matt, number one I mean, besides Josh I mean, Allen, Tre- besides besides Josh Allen and Trevor, I would say um, Tyson Campbell. Mm-hmm. Okay, make a decision there. I'd make. I, well, I give him a deal, and I yeah. just say, look, I know you, you were injured last year. We believe in you. We believe you're one of the best corners in the game. We're signing you now. Mm-hmm. You'll get a discount that one too. Yeah. yeah, you might because again, injury, a little bit of a lower uh, performance level than you saw the year before. Can I give two? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one ties into what Matt just said. The second one will lead into what we will discuss coming up in the 12 o'clock hour because I know the text line is clamoring for it. The first is Andre Sisco. Mm-hmm. I think that he fits Ryan Nielsen's defense perfectly. I think, again, another player who had an injury-filled second half of the season, you get him on a better deal than you yeah. would have if he has an all-pro season coming up. He had an all-pro season the first nine weeks of the season, arguably, before he got hurt. I think you get that deal done, plus safety deals tend to be a little bit cheaper than cornerback deals. The other one... I never thought I'd have to say this, but apparently, since broad dog number four, a lot of broad dogs on X floating around, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of you on the text line want to discuss whether or not that's Trent Bulky's burner account or not, if he's got a Kevin Durant-type Twitter well, problem. I've got, honestly, I've got a forensic uh, guy on this. You do? Yes, and he's all, all, he's I all over I could 100% see him with the Twitter, yeah. Twitter burner account. He's all over 100%. It. Well, yeah. broad dog four replied to Rick Ballou on January 8th, and said that a Luacon is gone too. And that, in my opinion, would be a monumental disaster and a monumental mistake on the part of this franchise. Mm-hmm. I understand you drafted Chad Muma with a thought process of eventually you could say goodbye to Foyer because that would open up the door. You'd already have a guy on the conveyor belt. But you cannot deny he was your most consistent player, your most consistent leader for much of last season. Yeah, leader and really plays well. Okay, you don't have too many of those that like do holds guys accountable too. Yeah, like yeah. I just doing like might be considered a good leader, but you but he's not always on the field. He's not making all those plays. Foyer may plays, mm-hmm. man. 
Yeah, and, and they, why did he stop blitzing him? They, when he was blitzing, he was getting home. Yeah, they need to blitz some more on some certain. Well, well Nielsen, huh? why you stop blitzing Cisco? Yeah, why you exactly. stop sending guys? That's exactly. My question. Yeah. Why do you sit back and just let you get, whatever? It's yeah. whatever. All right, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, definitely chime in. Six four one ten ten on what you think about that. We got to get to Belichick. The goat has been basically told to go ahead and eat grass because he is not going to get a gig. JJ's life uh, was depending on it. I don't know if it still is in the balance. Yeah, it, it is. It really, and, and we we're just waiting. There will be double that just happened if Washington or Seattle fills the position before we are done. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. A very special big hair, heavy metal Friday. First time in a long time that we have something to give away. Is is this true? Are the rumors true, JJ? Yes, we have multiple giveaways, so keep listening throughout the show. But right Such now, a yeah, a pair of tickets to see Bush, who you're hearing right now live at Daly's Place. August Loaded. 29th, so it's a while away. I had to ask because there's a lot of rumors floating around a lot of burners out there i don't know what's real i don't know what's not but what is real is we are giving away those tickets so make sure you keep listening and of course give jj a call when he calls for it mm-hmm. can you think of a more 90s band than i love bush, bush dude I, I knew joe did yeah. Yeah, and i've loved it forever uh, not just the 90s but it's just such a they're such a good band i told you as much as me growing up in the 80s and i love all my old school rock it's hard to get me away from the 90s like that post grunge oh i love it. era i love it and so yeah bush loaded we'll give you all the details but uh when you uh jj will be playing it throughout the show today but we'll give you what do we have at least two pair today yes okay all right so be bush is kind of grunge it's what it's like bush post grunge. grunge yeah, yeah. Mm. um by the way bulky's burner account mm-hmm. What is it, Broad Dog Four? Yes. It always he always struck me as a Broad Dog sixty nine sixty nine four twenty guy. Here's the problem though, <laughs> is that people are pulling up the at Dog Broad One, which hasn't tweeted since the twenty twenty two NFL draft, and saying that that was him previously. However, yeah. you scroll through those tweets from April, and it's referencing that Iki Aquanu will be the pick at one. Here's one. It says. That's an Andy Reid and Bill Parcells pick. Makes too much sense. The kid is a lock. Hutch isn't elite. Walker is too much of a risk at one. They go for the sure thing and Icky to help the O. It would be a little odd to have multiple broad, B-R-O-D, dogs floating around one website. Isn't it, Leon? Well, I, I'm not I'm not a constant on Twitter, so I have no yeah. idea what y'all talking about. Okay, so apparently well, uh, uh, Jaguar uh, fans so, say they so have they're found... saying they that they're saying that Trent Balky has gotten a, uh, another account where he can uh, where he's he, just replying to people, he's replying oh, okay. to writers, just be anonymous, just act like he's a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Kevin broad Durant. dog what? Broad dog four. And go Kevin Durant on him. It like was I said, dog broad one. I've got a forensics guy, social mm-hmm. forensics How guy does he on spell this. It? And, B-R-O-D. Yeah. So you create accounts like that so you can kind of release without people knowing it's you. That's right. Oh, exactly. okay. Like, so it's like a, you know, it's kind of like those stress balls. Like you Kevin Durant did it well, to defend yeah. himself against fans. Right. He would come out arguing against fans as if he was a fan of Kevin Durant and protecting oh. KD's manhood when other ones <laughs> were questioning it. So my His question legacy, to you if you will. is back in the day, like if this all existed, 
Would you be reading social media and create a burner account to defend no. yourself? Mm-hmm. Like after the Ravens named you one of the if ten you, worst. If you wanted, if you wanted agents. it from me, you yeah. got it from me. I think it's Bro Dog, right? Yeah. Bro Dog. Well, there's bro two dog. D's. Yeah, yeah. Broad Dog. Yeah, and because I used to answer my hate mail when I used to get hate mail when I when I came back. When I came to Jacksonville, Steeler fans used to send me hate mail right. saying I was a traitor. I would write them back. Yeah, so you wouldn't have a burner. You would just be on your real account. That's right. Talking and, trash. And, and it's just the potential of this one is broad dog, little D, big D, uh, and dog like Georgia dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, again, uh, we're I trying to get. Uh, I have a hard time believing that's bulky. Yeah. Uh, listen, he's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> So maybe it's like something like his son or somebody in the family or whatever. Like like this guy, I just feel like he's got more important. I hope he's got more important stuff to attend to. Well, so then somebody could do better. Step up. Some Jags fans have pointed out the ones from like early 2022 when he says that Fortner will be the pick. Hinted at Christian Kirk being signed by the Jaguars. This would have been in February prior to the March signing. So it's clearly somebody. Or it's just someone who needs to head to Vegas right away because they're hitting left and right well, the on only the odds. Guy, yeah. The only guy that we know that gets most of it right inside the building is Dilla. And he was one of the first guys that was peeking in on this Maybe one. Dilla's broad That's dog. for sure. That's true. That's yeah. Get some X-Files music going there, JJ. That's that's the conspiracy theory. That's mm. even more so than uh, than the Jags scheduling the Trent Balky Maybe presser. Trent Balky is Dilla. Ma- maybe that. Uh, I had to inform. You just blew my mind. I, had to inform a, I, I did have to inform a couple of people this week that, uh, that Dilla is, in fact, um, a Caucasian man. Um, contrary to what his Twitter profile is, um, and he has a beard, um, yeah. so yeah, and he's got so, a good beard. So too. there's that. Um, one, one tweet though that brings us back to our conversation regarding Anton Harrison, regarding Cam Robinson from at Bro Dog Four. Couple names to keep an eye on for Jags draft: Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle; Muhammad Kamara, edge. Uh, I didn't even know who Muhammad Kamara was. Sorry, I haven't divin- dove that divin- dove that far deep into draft numbers just yet guys in the fourth and fifth round um but the Tyler Guyton name is interesting is it not Matt Hayes because that would suggest the Jaguars are going back to the well in the Oklahoma pipeline by all accounts we've heard from multiple people in the Sooners camp that Guyton may be even better than Anton Harrison but would the Jaguars go tackle tackle in back-to-back classes I look if it were me and I I said this earlier this week I'm going big guy either offense or defense big guy big guy with the first pick Mm mm-hmm and I, I, I don't understand the whole idea of a corner or a wide receiver. That's not your issue right now. Your main issue is protecting the most critical piece you have in that franchise. Well, if nothing else, and I think, Leon, you said this, the, the teams that won and moved on had some of the best O-lines in the National Football League this year. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like, as you're watching the game, Watching that quarterback operate without feeling like he's about to get killed. With impunity, with all the time in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like that. These quarterbacks that are playing this week have offensive lines that can run the ball and protect. Mm-hmm. All right? Usually you have offensive lines that, you know, they, they specialize in one area. They can either run the ball, can't protect that well, protect they can't run. Depending on what the offensive coordinator, what, what, how, what the offensive coordinator is, balance is, whether it's a 730, 60, 40, whatever. But the the fact that the teams that are in the championship right now, both these offensive lines can run the ball and protect the pass. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, I'm not shocked at all that both, all four of these teams are in the championship game right yeah. now. And so, Trevor, we said, we throughout the season, take a look at the stats. He's got one of the quickest times 
from SNAP to releasing the football in the National Football League. That's a good and a bad. Uh, Dan Marino, back in the day, had one of the quickest release times and hardly ever got sacked. But in this case, Trevor had to get rid of the football or he was going to get sacked. And, and so that's the thing that they've got to clean up. And we, we know from the, the genesis of success or failure, at least my opinion, genesis mm-hmm. of success or failure is going to be how good that offensive line is. Mm-hmm. And if they're not good enough, then you're not going to succeed offensively, and you're you're going to be keeping uh, keeping your defense out on the field way too much, and you're not going to succeed defensively. Mm-hmm. That really is what it boils down to. Uh, all right, so there are uh, four teams left. So let's do a little Pacifico, JJ, if you don't mind. Uh, this is our Pacifico path through the playoffs, all the way to where they hand out the Lombardi, and let's start talking about these games and what do you think could be the key to a win. I got a little Pacifico Perfecto a little bit later on, but right now let's just look at these games. You guys tell us what you like. Uh, do you see an upset? Uh, seven seven point line. My bookie is saying right now with the Lions as the underdog. I did yes, see there's on movement a, on the other game. Yeah, though. I was just gonna say I just saw on Pat McAfee. Yeah, up to four now in the AFC Championship game. And I think Mahomes is loving the idea of what's going on right now. Second guessing and look Vegas. They are smart when it comes to stuff like this. All right, so let's take a look at these games. Some of the things. All right, now listen. The 49ers, when you think about what they were able to do, they finished third in the NFL in scoring with an average of 28.9 points per game. Ravens finished fourth in scoring, 28.4 points per game. Ravens also allowed the fewest points in the league, and the 49ers allowed the third fewest. So, Leon, you're talking about two teams – offensively and defensively scoring. That's the number one game, right? Mm-hmm. How much do you give up and how much do you score? Um, those two teams look like the absolute heavyweights. They are the favorites. Which of these two is more vulnerable, in your opinion, with the team that they're facing? Uh, listen, I mean, it's hard to find – in my opinion, it's hard to find any weakness in either one of the teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, the, the Chiefs are underdogs only simply because they're playing in Baltimore, to be yeah. quite honest with you. And the and, and and it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs because mm-hmm. every time you think he's down, he finds a way to win ball games. Um, but I mean, for Lamar, this is this is his coming out party. Yep. This is his coming out party for Lamar. He's probably going to win the MVP. Uh, there's been a lot of narrative about Lamar, and it's well documented. And, and he can he can go into a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl can mm-hmm. just kind of cancel out all that stuff that's been said about him over the last year, or whatever. And he needs this win. And I, I think it's almost poetic that he has to go against – he's got to go against Patrick Mahomes. To get to the promised land, he got to go through – not through Pharaoh, yeah. maybe Pharaoh, but he's got to go through Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to get there. You know, so I, I, it's going to be a classic game. I, I'm, looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, I mean, Vegas has, has gathered at four. I, I got it at a coin flip. I, I really, I'm really not sure, even though – our picks come later, but I'm not really sure. It's so it's so funny when you talk about going through Mahomes and and Lamar right now mm-hmm. is trying to get it back to a 500 record in in his career in the postseason. He was mm-hmm. one and three. He's now two and three. He beats Mahomes. He can get back to three and three. <clears throat> but take a look at Mahomes' record. He has not lost too many of these games. It's insane how many he's been in and how good he's been in them. Uh, but it's a and- is it a pass the torch game? Well, no, no. I don't know. Well, well, but here's a, a lot. Listen, a, a lot of these players that, that are in in the Patrick Mahomes era, 
you know, a lot of them say, you know, a lot of them care about how they're going to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people that played on the Tom Brady, the Drew Breeses, and the Peyton Mannings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they had their greatness all within themselves and their team, and they won Super Bowls and stuff like that. But I believe a lot of these players, these young players, they understand that what era they ran. They're in the Patrick Mahomes era, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be forgotten. And you can't if he keeps tallying off wins and championships like he's been. You know, those guys just they just go away yeah. because I mean, when Tom Brady, as much as people want to talk about. Tom Brady in his era. I mean, yeah, Peyton Manning's remembered, Drew Brees remembered, Phillips and all that kind of stuff. But most of that stuff that their achievement is, is, is kind of dust in the wind, to be quite honest with you. And Patrick Mahomes has that capability too if he keeps tallying off championships and Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important for these guys to, to make a staple, make a stance in the Patrick Mahomes era and how they're going to be remembered. Yeah, because he has his opportunity too. Yeah, Drew Brees has one. Yes, he has Roethlisberger one. has two, but two. really responsible for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Rodgers only has one. Only yeah, has one. one. Just one. Yeah. Okay, multiple. Now, Eli has Eli has two on Brady. Yeah, which is yeah. just crazy. It's so crazy. listen to the numbers because this I mean, honestly it just screams how what you're talking about the guys can be just left in the dust. Uh, Pat Mahomes right now as a starting quarterback, if he wins on Sunday, he mm-hmm. will have the same number of wins to start off that Tom Brady had. Tom Brady from 2001 to 2007, 14 and three. Saucy Nugs. 14 in the, and In the postseason? Yeah. The only starting quarterback to win 14 of his first 17 games. Guess what Mahomes is? 13 and three. Saucy Nugs. 16 starts in the postseason. It's nuts. The how, script writers, man. Oh, my gosh. The Asher Grobbins of the world. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they're doing. And he is in position, as we know, to right now match Tom Brady with that. All right, so uh, w- when we take a look at that, that's obviously the best quarterback matchup that we're looking at. Okay, we're not going to get away from Mahomes, Lamar. That's that's vintage. But can Jared Goff make this uh, a storyline? Can Brock Purdy make this a storyline and be the better quarterback coming out of Championship Sunday? What's the weather going to be in San Francisco? I'm yeah. sorry, I had to. Yeah. It was there for the taking. Yeah. Uh, no, Brock Purdy can absolutely, uh, especially after a quote-unquote lackluster performance last week. This is where I think he says, you know what? I may not be Lamar. I may not be Patrick Mahomes. But if I'm serviceable enough to get my team to the Super Bowl, judged on dubs. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's different ways to win and operate, and Joe Montana proved that to us in a Niners uniform. You, you know what? Weather this, looks perfect. This is unfortunate. Yeah. It's maybe oh, yeah. even unfair for Lamar, but what about Lamar if they can't beat the Chiefs? They're at home. They've shown they have the best team. Mm-hmm. Look what they did to the 49ers. If Mahomes comes in there with that Chiefs team with a bunch of ragtag receivers and they win that game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you start to think about not only Lamar, but everybody else in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I, I, I mean, how good is he? Seriously, if that happens. There's nothing wrong with having, like we said yesterday, if you don't revere Pat Mahomes and the job that he has done in this amount of time, like we said, he's, he's approaching GOAT level with the number of postseason starts and postseason wins, yeah, then, then you're, a, you're a football fool. But at the same time, it's now we're looking at, I think, a complete team, defense, quarterback, run game, line play, special teams with the guy that they can always look to to boot it through the uprights. They've got everything. Up but in they Baltimore. also have like and and coach on coach, late round picks, starring on both sides of the ball. Yeah, starring. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like guys <clears throat> that everybody else didn't want. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot like what the Patriots were doing too. Mm-hmm. But it's also 
you get on that team and you know Mahomes is there, mm. like anything is possible at that point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it reminds me of the Patriots team when it came to um, when it came to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, we always have an outstanding regular season, but when every time he had to go to Foxborough in that cold in that weather, you know, he lame, he was a lame duck. That's my point. And he now went, Lamar has him in Baltimore. Now, exactly. And, and, and it took and it took the Colts at that particular time to have it at their house, yeah. where the Patriots had to come through there, and they end up winning and going on to win the Super Bowl. So Lamar. Is in is in a in a situation where he's got them at the crib, we, in yeah. front of his fans with his uh, with his offense, his defense, and this is the best opportunity he has to knock out the Chiefs. And, and remember the the early on, Peyton Manning, we might have called him one of the greatest losers we've ever seen play the game because of what you're describing. Yeah, he could not beat Tommy, and Ty Law terrorized him, and so many others terrorized him up in Foxborough. And then, heck, even the Steelers terrorized him, if, if we go back and remember that great mm-hmm. play. Uh, and and uh, uh, they were able to at least shoestring tackle. Anyway, that's what we thought of Peyton to begin with, and then obviously he turned the major. And that's point. why so many people compare Josh Allen to Peyton and Joe Burrow to Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. if we're to have parallels, because, again, it yeah, win the big one. When you win the big one, then come talk to me. Yeah. Where does Lamar fit into that world, though, that revisionist history, if you may? That, that's my question. I don't think there was a comparison to Lamar mm. back then. Well, it's funny because these other guys, we know they got to the Super Bowl, in the case of Roethlisberger, very early, took Peyton some time. Breeze, mm. I can't quite remember the timeline, but it definitely long, uh, later than sooner. And so Lamar's dealing with that. He's still dealt with the criticism, the losses in the postseason. And now he's just trying to write that ship. So, yeah, he's one of those guys. All right, so let's finish this uh, uh, Pacifico uh, path through the playoffs with one uh, perfecto question, and then we'll try and throw it out as we go along throughout the course of the show today. Uh, uh, Give it to me, JJ. Perfecto! All right, let's see if you can go perfecto on this one. Pacifico, found in Baja, imported by surfers for those who live life Anchors up, so the Lions defense, my Lions, they have allowed less than 89 rushing yards per game. Third best rushing unit, regular season. Less than 89 rushing yards during the regular season on average. Second fewest in the league. They're not even the best. I don't know who's the best, so don't ask me. Uh, But including the postseason, when you take a look at what they've done, the only player that has topped 70 rushing yards against the Lions is who? The How? only player this season, including the postseason, that has topped 70 yards against the Lions D is who? I'm going to say Justin Fields. Oh, that's a good one. I'm not cheating. I just want to see who the Lions Jones. played. Hmm? Jones. Hey, oh, Aaron Jones. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Um, Maybe it's Paco. Oh, week one? Maybe. Did he? No, that was Kelsey was out week one. It's an impressive number. And honestly, the oh no, it might be Lamar. They played Lamar, didn't they? Yeah. I don't I'm even gonna, remember. I'm gonna that. go with Lamar. Yeah, they beat him. Yeah, yeah they I'm beat going the with Lamar. Beat them soundly, I'm yes. going with Lamar. <clears throat> That's all right, Sirs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lamar. I'm right. going with Aaron Jones. Aaron yeah. Jones. I mean, these are all great guesses. Uh, and and when you think about it, they're gonna face Christian McCaffrey, who yeah. has 1,459 yards. Are they gonna be able to hold up and stop him like they've been stopping everybody else? One person got a perfect though. In this little question and answer, ah. one person, and it's a guy who's heading to Italy. Give it yeah. to him! Give it to him! Perfecto. 
Justin Fields mm. wow. had 104 rushing yards. I remember that game. November 19th. Good call. I think the Bears blew it late, yeah. if I believe. Yeah, that's right. They did. They did. That was one of their fourth quarter collapses. Mm-hmm. But he had 104 yards November 19th. And so we will find out. The 49ers right now, they are averaging 140 and a half rushing yards per game. So that's basically <clears> double <throat> You know what, what uh, the Lions have been giving up as far as that number goes. I do have an important update. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we would like to hit of that real quickly, JJ. All right. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you can cue up the X-Files music. And then I promise in the 1 o'clock and the 2 o'clock hour we will get to actual football. Um, an, uh, an update, a turn in who Bro Dog may be online. There and it could be Broad Dog, too. Let's make sure. I'm not it's, even sure what it is. It's Lil D, Big D. They're so also, I go Broad Dog. I have, no, I have another update to your update. All right, go ahead. There oh also God. was a TB1962-0926 floating around <laughs> on Twitter in 2022 with similar tweets, a similar style. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those numbers make up the birth date of Troy Balky. <laughs> Trent's <laughs> brother. Oh, Trent's mother. brother who wait for it. So T Roy. When they could went be to the this. when they went to the Super Bowl in twenty thirteen, a local news station did a whole story on him. Oh, Stevens we have. Point, Wisconsin <laughs> resident. I need to know more about this, but that's T-Roy. that's the latest twist. It may not be Trent. It and may now, be Trent's And now I'm brother. gonna give you even more fuel yeah. for that fire. So Broad Dog, this was sixteen hours ago. He responded to somebody, John Reed, the former Times Union writer. Yep. Said, I forgot uh, about him. He's talking about, um, look at all these, look at all his picks, okay? Respectfully disagree. It's coaching that time year. He was being candid. So you think he didn't bring in the right players? Franchise QB, Beast DE, Gifted OT, FA Kirk, Jenkins, Foyer, RRH, Ingram, Ridley, and so on. The exact same text to our text line yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Word for word. Oh. Word for word. So, so you're saying T Roy. <laughs> and I'm going to find it. And then when I find it, we're going to have. Hang on. And then when I find it, we're going to have his phone Then we're going to have your phone number. You're in trouble, bro. Whoever it. you are, this is this is we're how forensics for you. and social media takes. This is a lesson, people. This is this where is the real journalism place. happens yep. only on XL Primetime. A big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Bring the rock and roll suggestions to JJ the DJ. Big hair, heavy metal can be beyond that, of course. We love rock and roll. So give us that feel, that anthem, that song that you love to hear, especially with all that we've been talking about. Uh, Championship Sunday coming up uh, and Bush appearing at Daly's Place. Now, we've give, Jacob was one of our first winners. Whenever you hear, now, uh, Bush, JJ's going to give you a chance to win, so don't be calling all the time because we're just going to be playing some good, good Bush music along with the rest of our uh, suggestions. Uh, and again, the phone lines light up. We're not giving away tickets every single time. We're just making sure they're that smart you're listeners, though. They're calling yeah, anyway. Exactly. They're smart. They're smart. But anyway, we'll give you a chance a little bit later on, so keep it right here uh, and be ready to chime in to win. Besides Broad Dog, there's another mystery woman on Twitter, it appears. Uh, Did y'all know that Nick Saban's daughter, Kristen, is back online? Apparently, she got back online right after her father announced he would be retiring and stepping down from the head coaching position at the University of Alabama. Many questioned if it was her or not. 
But now, in addition to selfie videos of her, we have a video of Nick Saban boogie boarding <laughs> and enjoying retirement. That's so cool. I good. think it's her. Yeah, that's good. And, and look, uh, they they now are they they feel like they've been kind of under the constraints. So the coach constraints don't do anything, don't say anything, don't second guess anybody else, uh, protect the family, and all of that. And so now you get to kind of. Rome free. How do social. we feel about Saban being a shirt on at the beach guy? <sighs> Hurts. Boogie yeah. boarding. Well, yeah. he's also 70, so he's probably trying to protect his skin from skin cancer. So that's uh, all, I'm all right. I don't and protect it. others as well. Protect others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Nothing wrong with that. Come on, man. And by the way, <laughs> it's let true. Him out, bro. Let him Be out. proud of yourself. Exactly. It's not what he got. The Could HBC. Be. The HBC ain't afraid. He went topless inside the infield of NASCAR. never afraid, dude. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, sometimes you know when you got to keep a shirt on. Yeah, you know. Uh, and and others, yeah. I'm working on. I'm almost in the pool without a shirt. I'm working See, I, on. I'm I do love it. It's not a shirt. It's a rash guard. Like no, surfers out there. Well, that's the, why I wear my. I don't know. Yeah. That's a shirt. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah I wear my spider here all the time, <laughs> yeah. which is definitely that that wear. Mm. All right. <laughs> that's so. your college football update for today. Yeah. We got to <laughs> stick with the Jaguars. Yeah. We're going to get back to some other stuff in the college football world, including Mr. Jimmy Harbaugh. Uh, what happened when he, since from the time he came in to the time he left, we definitely need to at least recount that a little bit. But yes, we have been talking about your Jaguars, been talking about uh, what now needs to happen now that the man in charge is still the man in charge. And now it sounds like he's more in charge than, than ever and, and has more comments on on other guys that were in charge, uh, meaning the coaches uh, of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the bulky presser delivered on many different levels yesterday. We still are reacting to it, that's for sure. So we gave out that number one thing. Get ready for your number two thing. I think you already gave out your second one, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so we'll just go through these as far as decisions that need to be made in the offseason. Don't think this is the last time we'll be bringing this up because this is that, that constant throughout the offseason of making sure that you make this football team better. It begins with free agency. It also probably begins a little bit with clearing up contracts. Uh, the idea, I think you've said this before, Leon, is that you know guys, they'll come to them if they either didn't perform up to their level of the contract or if they want to renegotiate to give themselves salary cap room. That actually will take place around this time of year too. Well, here's the thing. If we're going to prioritize who was – I think Josh Allen is deserving – of the contract, first and foremost. I think mm -hmm. Trevor has to take a back seat. And I mean, maybe unfairly or fairly, I mean, the injuries, the turnovers, and all that kind of stuff. I think Josh Allen, we prioritize getting him getting him signed, finding a way to find Don't Don't – listen, if you tag him, you're going to piss him off. Mm -hmm. Probably doesn't matter. But I'm thinking he's, he's the guy that's more deserving of a contract right now than maybe Trevor, somewhere where we get closer to the season. You, you don't want to – you, you don't want to send off the signal inside the locker room that when you've got a guy that you drafted who's your guy right. but plays well, you don't pay him. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's concerning. I mean, a lot of guys, are they're, they're taking notice to this. You have said it. Because all the other guys, the outside guys that you brought in, you paid them. You paid them well. The Christian Kirks. Uh, you, you you paid um, the Zay Jones. I mean, it was uh, Thomas. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you paid him well. You played uh, a Luicon. I mean, you pay all. So the outside guys are getting paid. You, you got one of your own. You want to make sure you take care of. And so uh, the guys in the locker room who were drafted by this team are paying, taking notice to how they treat Josh Allen moving forward. And you've said it constantly. If you're going to pay, pay within the locker room before you pay outside the locker room. At least if they're deserving of it. Mm -hmm. and, and I totally get it. And there are very few. And we're being. This is just. I think. When you look around 
and a Jaguar fan, a Duval Nooner would say this, we on air who cover this team on a regular basis would say this, there are far too many guys that have been drafted by this franchise that aren't worthy of second contracts. Mm -hmm. They they just aren't because they are not good. But when you have the good ones, that's how you build a program. That's how you build a team over time. So let's get to the Josh Allen camp that's talking about the fact that Trent Baalke was asked yesterday, that's number one priority. Have you been in discussion? No, no contact yet, but he is going to be a Jaguar. And so when you think of that, and I'm just going to go off some of the comments. Mike Florio was one of the first ones that put this out. Uh, That remark, this is his quote, that remark didn't sit well with Allen and his representatives per a source with knowledge of the situation. Allen's camp is not happy that Balky would take time to talk to the media about Allen before taking time to talk to Allen or his agent about Allen. What what do you think when you hear that? Well, I'm – uh, well, it, it's it's posturing as well. I mean, you want to give your client every clear-cut advantage when it comes to getting a contract. So, I mean, right now, I mean, although the the feelings are mutual where you both want to – the Jaguars and negotiation powers are the bad guys because mm-hmm. your agent wants you here, the Jaguars want you there, and then you want to meet somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, you, you want you want to get the best deal. You want to get a BOSA deal, essentially. Yeah. That, that, that's I mean, if Josh Allen is not looking for that kind of deal, then I don't know why he's in the business of playing ball. Because you have – did he have more sacks than Bosa in that game? 17 and a half? Bosa had what? 16 and a half or something I like that? I thought they were right there. Or oh, they were tied one yeah. or two. I, I mean, well, it doesn't matter. The market yeah. has been set. Bosa set the market, all right? So mm-hmm. you, you're going to go about what the market value you think that your client is. And this is your agent's job to make sure he gets the most for you. And, and, and making the Jaguars look bad and saying that, hey, we haven't heard anything from you. Since the season's been right. over with, but you're up here, you're up here telling the media well, you're uh, the main priority. Yeah. I mean, that makes them look bad. And Matt, I don't mind an offer not being like slid across the table right now or anything like that. But I certainly would have said, when the season's over, let me engage first and say, hey, our main priority this offseason will be to take care of you and make sure you remain part of our plans. No numbers need to be discussed. Just congratulations on a great season, and we're looking forward to talking with you and your and your people I mean, about be, keeping you here. To be fair, he might have said, you know, initially we're going to get something done, but that doesn't mean you're talking to him. Right. So I'm sure Josh Allen's people are thinking, why are they not talking like literally numbers with us? Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. They're going to sign him. Right. They're not going to let him walk. Right, JJ, you have the, the one soundbite that he says. He immediately jumps in and says, trust me, blah, blah, blah. Just play this one and let's pair this all up. Will Josh Allen be here one way or another? Yeah, Josh will be a Jaguar. How close are you to getting a deal done with him? Uh, very far. <laughs> Haven't started. Oh. Haven't started. Those well, negotiations will start. Oh, oh they've started. Okay, they, you, they, They've given you a number. Because you're going into the last year of contract, they give you a number, what they think you are, whether you receive the number or accept the number is up mm-hmm. to you. They've gotten the number. You're trying to tell me that this all this whole season, they haven't given you a number of what they want? Absolutely crazy. Here's the quote from Florio. Again, <clears throat> for a source with knowledge of the situation, Allen's camp has been ready, willing, and waiting to engage in negotiations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there might have been a number, but maybe nothing else. And, and like you said, you're just going based on your experience, especially with yeah. what your agent has done. The other thing that he's saying there that we all need to realize 
He says no matter – and he didn't say no matter what. I'm putting words in his mouth. He will be a Jaguar. It just simply means he's basically saying we can tag you, pal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying we can tag you. Well, okay, here's the thing because I went through this when I was with the Steelers when I had Drew as my agent. When you give them a number, they look at the number and say, please, beginning of the season. That that number's like thrown off your desk. By the middle of the season, they're like, okay, they pick it up off the ground. They put it on the table, all right? By the end of the season, you're a pro bowler and you do what you do. They're like – well, we got to seriously consider if we're going to match this number or he's going to be gone. Yeah. Or we, but, see, I didn't have tags back then. Mm-hmm. Or, I, yeah, or I probably would have been franchise tag. Right. Yeah. And, and it limits your potential yeah. to go out and get the long-term mm-hmm. deal, which is what you have always said. You want as much guaranteed cash and long-term security as you can possibly get. I totally get it. I totally get it. All right, so that we know is priority number one. We'll get to priority number two, all that stuff, and then back to the championship Sunday matchups that we've got going on. You guys can hit the text line, 641-1010. Don't forget another chance to win Bush tickets uh, with their huge concert coming up at Dales. We'll tell you how you can buy those tickets, but just keep listening right here to XL Primetime. A big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. That music you hear, it can only mean one thing. JJ LaSelva, are you ready to give away another pair of tickets? Let's do it. This will be our last pair, so be caller number four right now. I have a pair of tickets to see Bush live at Daly's Place August 29th. Be car number four right now, 641-1010, and I got you. And there he goes. Make sure you give JJ a call. Those tickets still up for grabs right here on XL Primetime. Mia O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, and the aforementioned JJ. We are with you until 3 p.m. Continuing the conversation following Trent Baalke's end-of-the-year press conference yesterday. One note that JJ and I made that we really didn't talk about yesterday in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of that press conference, was the, quote, with regards to Ryan Nielsen and the type of defense that he will be bringing to Jacksonville. Specifically, whether or not it's a man-heavy defense or not. JJ, that is soundbite number 41, if you could get ready to cue that up, because I think that, number one, it speaks to this ongoing conversation we're having of Coach Balky, but it also lends to what exactly movement-wise will we see with the current roster here in Jacksonville, how many guys get brought in? How many guys are capped casualties because they don't fit this system? I don't read all the, this stuff, but this idea that he's a full man coverage guy is fully blown out of proportion. I think I'll let him speak on scheme. Uh, it's really a zone-based system, right? Not a man-based system, but sometimes, well, a lot of times when you play zone and you play it well, it turns into man. You know, with the match concepts and everything else, but that's as scheme related as I'm going to get. <laughs> that's as scheme related as I'm going to get. Uh huh. That's mano mano. First off, his right response there. should have been, "Look, you know, Doug hires the defensive coordinator." Yeah. Ask Doug that question. And it's what he said to begin with, right. and then he and then end yeah. it right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but because he didn't say that, that makes you think. Maybe he is part of that process. Well, especially well, he was sitting in on the interviews. He, he did confirm he sat yeah. in on the yeah. interviews. Yeah. But but also just the fact that he, when he starts drilling down and not just Jimmys and Joes, but the X's and O's, that's when you mm-hmm. – there's a fascination. Look, he's in the football world. I, I don't, who's the one guy that's always wanted to be the head coach? Jerry Jones, right? He owns the franchise. Mm-hmm. He has several different business cards. Ask me which one you want to talk to, owner, president, GM. You know, he was all of them at any one time, but he also – Felt like he wanted to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But if you're, so I get if, it. If, if he's in that room, 
okay? He's definitely giving his opinion to yes. Doug Peterson about yes. whoever he's in, in, interviewing, mm-hmm. which is odd to me. The head coach makes those decisions. Right. Which Period. he declared. Yeah, yeah. And if you go back in time, there have been some weird hiring practices in that stadium. Even pre Doug Peterson and yeah. Trent Baalke. The fa- I'll, I'll, I'll never get over Jim Schwartz sitting in on interviews as a potential defensive I don't even know what his potential was defensive consultant or something like that uh it still blows my mind anyway you mean Todd Wash yeah you said Jim Schwartz Jim Schwartz him too yes yes we're going back in time I knew that I knew that Todd Wash sat in on the 2016 interviews so it's we're talking just bizarreness yeah (laughs) bizarreness all right we will stay on your Jags. You guys can definitely hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let's get back uh, to some of these games that we are looking at over the weekend, and we definitely have been drilling down on them and the fact that we're looking we, – we might be witnessing greatness. I'm not going to say this is the best four quarterbacks we've ever seen, but whenever you talk about just the changing of the guard, there is, at the very least now, movement with younger quarterbacks quarterbacking their club, whereas forever – we had an old Tom Brady. We had an old Peyton. Mm. Had an old Breeze. Had an old Rodgers. Whatever you know, the case might have been. And now you've got a little bit of a youth movement. Brock Purdy is in what his third year? Second year. Second year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he was Mr. Irrelevant last year. Uh, and then you take a look at Jared Goff. Uh, he is the old bird of the bunch when you consider he came into the league in I think 2016. And then you had. Lamar and Holmes to follow, or Mahomes to follow, and then obviously with what Brock Purdy represents right now. So you're talking about a youth movement in a lot of ways, which is pretty cool that you're going to see the turnover. You'd obviously like to see a 23, soon to be 24-year-old Trevor Lawrence uh, in this as well. This is the first time Baltimore has hosted an AFC Championship game. I was telling you guys this earlier in the um, in the week. First time that they've hosted this AFC Championship game since 1971, which is really hard to believe. So that's the Colts. Yeah, mm-hmm. as as the as the Baltimore Colts. So not since then have they hosted it. And then the other one that blew my mind was not since the 50s have the Detroit Lions played an NFC Championship game and won, and it was against San Francisco all the way back in mm-hmm. the 50s, which is just nuts. Saucy Nugs. We're looking at these games any number of ways, trying to figure out where the best game is going to come from. The line has moved to four with the Kansas City Chiefs now a four-point dog. More inclined to take the four points uh, as opposed to maybe three and a half or three earlier in the week. So it is worth noting that the Chiefs are on the practice field as we speak. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco is at practice for the first time all week. Linebacker Willie Gay, guard Joe Thune, who, as we know, has that strained pectoral muscle that has left his status for Sunday as a 50-50 coin flip. Wide receiver Sky Moore and defensive tackle Derek Noddy all not at practice during the media viewing portion. So Mm -hmm. not to say that completely rules them out of Sunday's contest, but it is worth noting. I would think the movement on the line would have to do with Thune, if I had to guess. Yeah, And Mark Andrews being healthy for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Yeah, you pair that up because you're getting one guy back, a bona fide playmaker in Mark Andrews, and then you're getting another guy who, if you want to talk about that offensive line, Leon, you have Donovan Smith, who I've always considered, or not always, but of recent uh, vintage, a liability. And then Jawan Taylor, who's not having necessarily his – yeah, he's not yeah. He's not making his money the on tackles that right have hand issue, side. Absolutely have tack- the tackles have an issue. Anything on the left side is concerning because it's, 
it is um, Patrick Mahomes' blind side. So anytime you, you, you're missing a guy or the guy won't play in that game and you've got to replace him with somebody on his blind side, that's going to be concerning, especially when it comes to the run game too as well. But, I mean, so this is something about the Chiefs team that would they – listen, the Chiefs team offensively is not the juggernaut that we're used to seeing. They've got a bunch of patchwork guys or whatever who mm-hmm. fit in and they just go to work, you know. They, they don't – the elevation of their play does not diminish when they replace guys with other guys or whatever. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they were feared a couple of years ago when they had this juggernaut of offensive plays, but their defense majority is better and keeps them in game. So that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle on both sides of the ball. I think their defense is going to play. Baltimore's going to play well. And I think it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and can yeah. run the ball. I know, I know this is going to shock you guys, but uh-huh. the guy who's playing for Thurney, the seventh-round pick. <laughs> it will not it's going to shock you guys. I know that, okay? <laughs> and so keep your eye on him. Because you mean, that, wait a minute, seventh round picks can play? Nick Allegretti, seventh oh, round pick oh, from oh, Illinois okay. in 2019. Oh. And they probably the haven't. Matt, they probably Still haven't. Still with the Chiefs. Probably haven't coached up and ready to go. Yeah, won't miss a beat. Yeah. He's listed as the backup at left guard, right guard, and center. <laughs> and oh. I guarantee you, so he he's, 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 he's their Shadley. He's their Shadley. That's okay. His strength is his strength. Yeah, but he might be better. But my point is, he's a seventh rounder. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, Shatley was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, another seventh well, round. Well, here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing that probably the Chiefs do when, when they've got guys like that that back up to play. Guess what the veteran guy does? He schools them. Mm-hmm. He takes them underneath his belt, makes them understand the magnitude of this game to make sure, hey, you're in the meeting rooms, you're doing the necessary things. This is the AFC championship game. Whatever you thought you played like, you got to play better. I mean, I, that's just what guys do. That guy, veteran guys who don't feel like they're going to play, the guy net behind them, Who's make the sure he's schooled. Who's the guy that told schooled. you, look, man, you either play better or I'm, you're out? Yeah, call Nasri. Right. Tell okay. me. True, 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 true serum. Save my say? career. Save my career. Oh, what did he say to me? Yeah, say it again. He said, well, well, well I, you know, it was the middle of the season, my first year starting at, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had, I struggled, you know, or whatever. So, um, um, Colton Nasri who was the right guard next to me, took me to this place in Pittsburgh called Sweet George Brown. Mm-hmm. All right, we sat at the bar, had some seven and sevens, mm-hmm. and we had we had some, um, what do you say, coming to Jesus Yeah, come to Jesus mm-hmm. moment. Coming to Jesus moment. We're drinking seven and seven. He said, Big Sirs, where's, the, where's that dog that was at Miami? He said, where's the guy, the guy I used to see play the way they played at Miami? He said, bro, you're going to get him back. He said, because you cost me. You're making me look bad. And he said, if you don't fix it, I'm going to tell him to replace you. Bro, save my that's career. That's what you're messing with. That's my true, check. bro. That's true, sir, bro. Yeah. Sometimes people just yeah. need the truth, straight up. Yeah. You know all this. You know all this uh, pandering, all this um, coddling, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Man, I don't help people sometimes. You just gotta tell me, hey, bro. You're not playing well enough. Right. Get it done. I will or make be sure. Be replaced. Yeah. I will make Who's sure you Luke don't. Fortner that this year. Nobody. Yeah. I'll hey, make you're sure good. you don't ruin my my career. Is they what he's saying. on the back and gave him a pacifier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Make sure he burp. And by the way, the <laughs> the Joe Tooney part of this deal. Is think of now Donovan Smith, like I said, is not the best left tackle out there. He's more of a liability mm-hmm. yeah. than, than a guy you can lean on. But think of that interior, Tooney and Creed, and what they've represented from the left tackle in. Mm-hmm. Those two are two solid guys yep. that you could count on, and that's what you'd like to see here. Uh, that's for sure. I found the number. So all of them are under 30 years of age, including Jared Goff, and you've had – 53 seasons where all four starting quarterbacks in championship games were under the age of 30, only seven times. In 50, more than a half century, only seven times has this happened. So definitely we're seeing that youth movement. And Mahomes is probably going to be on lock, making sure that that left guard is ready to go too. Oh, yeah. He doesn't need to get knocked around. By the way, Trey Smith, the right guard, is one of the best guards in the league. Yeah. Six-round pick. Six, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? Creed That's- Humphrey was like number 66 overall pick. Coach Campbell, who will be in here in just a little bit, he knows exactly what we're talking about. You draft them and you develop them. Yes, mm-hmm. and Southside pointed out uh, the Chiefs are better at onboarding than the Jags. The conveyor belt, <laughs> as, as we affectionately the call it. Chiefs are better than – What does that mean? Everything. As I, do I sound like an idiot for not knowing what onboarding is? Balky referenced that a few times yesterday. I have no idea. Onboarding is like, – well, so it's because – this is with actually love mm-hmm. and respect to 1010 because 1010 mm-hmm. is more of a locally owned company with like corporate companies, JJ. Like you have Which to. Which I've never worked for. Right. That's that's why I said that. I, I'm <laughs> saying, guy, I'm saying no, this I'm with all love and respect for 1010 and our employer. Um, with those corporate companies, you need to go through like an orientation with HR. You have to fill out paperwork. That's you have called to go through training. That's onboarding. Okay. That's onboarding. They take you to a nice place. They convention you up, <laughs> fill you full of drinks, tell you how great everything's going to be. And then after that, they tell you how more is less and less is more, meaning you're going to do more for less, okay? And we're going to do less and get more out of you. That's what That's what those I've only are. been off-boarded from jobs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the reason I bring up Trey Smith and, and, and the reason I bring up Allegretti and the reason I bring up Creed Humphrey is that's what it's like when you, you have to. Yeah. Creed was drafted higher than those other guys. He's still in the mid sixties, Joe. That's a, there's a lot of decisions made there in the mid sixties. Okay. Right. right. It's all about due diligence. When you're drafting, you got to have a scouting group that knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You got to have a GM that trusts the scouts. There's so many different things that go on into this whole process of procuring players and And the chiefs do it. Better than anyone. And by the way, we have talked yeah. about that before as far as the guys that have made the, you know, the over time, Kansas mm-hmm. City. Andy Reid has been there since 2013. So we're talking now over a decade since Andy Reid has been in Philadelphia. It really does kind of blow your mind that that uh, is the case. But Brett Veach gets all uh, an enormous amount of credit, and there's so many other guys. And you can go back to the time when they were pulling other guys like Pioli and them in either from New England or whomever else they had. And uh, one guy that I know Hayes Carline brings up all the time, Mike Berganzi, Mm -hmm. is a big, big name uh, in that front office circle Mm -hmm. that people look at and regard highly. Ed Dodds, they regard this guy highly, uh, who's been with the Colts forever. Those guys, and think of what the Colts did. Okay, The Colts look like, first off, coming into the season – they weren't going to be very good. Mm. And brand-new coach and brand-new quarterback, quarterback with all the question marks we had around AR, then he gets hurt, and they go uh, with, the, with, with the mustache. And they are a few plays away from making it into the postseason. And so what they've done, personnel-wise up there, after the aging offensive line that they've had, they've made decisions that have kept it's, that well, team yes, it's, it's, in the conversation. You, if you go down their depth chart, okay, and, and you see their draft picks – First off, they're picking last every round. You got to remember that, all right? Yeah. Or, or near last. Hey, they got a first so, round pick. No, it's number thirty-two. Right, exactly. Right. So yeah. these they have second, third, and fourth rounders all over their depth chart. Yeah, that's analyzing who's good, who fits for you, and then drafting them and then developing mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Not just willy nilly saying we've got thirteen picks. Let's see who can we tr- trade up with or, or who well, won't trade <laughs> with us. Well, they got pro. Like to your point, they got programs in place for those guys to develop them. Second, third, fourth round. That's why they're so successful. I mean, they, they've, they've had a gauntlet of those guys. They're used to those guys, and they got programs in place for those guys to succeed. Right. Like, if Willie Gay was here, would he, would he be the same player? Don't know. That's mm. the better, development here, here's part the, of it. And here's a much better question. Hmm. If Devin Lloyd was a KC, would he well, be a different right. player? Right. Would he well, be a, a Bolden or, or any of those yes. other guys? Yeah. Yes. Well, 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 Matt, not only a program in place, but expectations in place as well. 
I mean, a standard. Yeah, the standard. Yeah. Absolutely. There's I wouldn't even of... want to think about what Ridley's numbers would have been with Mahomes this year. Oh, my God. He probably would have said, run whatever route you want. I'll, I'll find, find you. you. Uh, well, Kelsey do does it sometimes. Route. Yeah, he does. It's, they tell Kelsey, hey, just find it's a spot in the zone. improvisational art. Find a spot in the zone. Sit there comfortably and catch. Sit down. It's get... not unique to the Chiefs either. A lot of people just say, find the spot in the zone and we'll get it to you. Mm. As we get ready to make our picks coming up uh, with Coach Campo back in the house, do you want to give another update on the injury front? Frank Ragnow, despite breaking, or not breaking, but having injuries to almost every bone in his body, yeah. is expected to play against the Niners on Sunday, if there was any doubt. And I don't remember what the charity was, but the Lions fan base jumped in big time on Ragnow, said, you play this hard for us, we're helping whatever it is that you're working on, uh, foundation-wise, a charity, which I thought was a cool move uh, on their part, that's for sure. Speaking of injuries, J.J.? What if I told you your prediction yesterday that you are betting your life, so maybe not on the injury report, betting your life. <laughs> this, is w- on, this is way worse than an injury. I'm Bill Belichick coaching on an NFL sideline next year. Uh, your, your good friend Bill Simmons has apparently put out a call on social media that the ringer will employ Bill Belichick if the Falcons Does that not. count? Do I get to save my life if he has a podcast? Yes. <laughs> if yes. it's called the football or the head coach, if yeah. it's called that, the head coach, uh, then it counts. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Coach Camps rolling in here with our picks coming up on XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee Titans officially introduced new head coach Brian Callahan yesterday. He has now begun the process of interviewing for his staff, and that will include Jaguars passing game coordinator Nick Holes, who will be interviewed on Monday for the Titans OC job per Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Holes worked with Brian Callahan with the Raiders, a top candidate for the offensive coordinator position. When you, I thought you were going to say Press Taylor there for a second. I yeah. Was like, oh, that was Listen, a lot of people are like leaning in to the radio just to kind of get a feel for that. <laughs> uh, negative, Ghost Rider. Um, the, the talk uh, surrounding this franchise led us to a, a smile on Dave Campos' face when he came rolling in. So we will get that uh, coming up here in a second. JJ, we have got some picks to do. Uh, before Big Sur's heads out the door. Uh, so let's do it. Uh, get your popcorn ready because uh, we got these picks. Oh, we got our popcorn. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. All right, so we already had a winner, uh, but now it's for second place, basically. Joe last week, pretty strong showing, went three and one. Um, I so- went, where did I go? I went two and two. Uh, coach went two and two, Matt three and one, Leon, zero oh and four last week. Oh. Really rough showing from Big Dog. Yeah, happens to the best of us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> true, because Mia yeah, went one and three as well. Me. So no, Mia goes one and three after she locks up the title. That's yes, yeah. it's all right. Doesn't matter. Just hanging out. This is garbage. It's kind of like starting a backup quarterback week eighteen when exactly. you've already wrapped up the I, I was That's I was fine. so happy with the points right. pick on all three of my uh, the bigger numbers. I just I missed on I I didn't. I didn't believe in Mahomes like yes, I am else trying did. to drag you down. Well, well yes, yeah, I you am. see, you see, Matt Hayes, I go on, I go over, right? So yeah. you're trying to drag me down to the cellar where he's at, right? You now. still have a five game lead on Matt. So a five game lead. Well, how Leon, many games left? Or excuse oh. me, Mia three. Three. Well, uh, Mia's seventy four forty six against the spread. Uh, Joe's sixty six and fifty four. I am I am sixty four and fifty six. Coach sixty one and fifty nine. Leon two games back at him. 
and Matt, 54 and 66. So if I nail these the next three picks, I get to 69, which is uh, how tall I am. Yes. So I'm all about it. All right. Let's go with the NFC first because we all know it's the second game of the day, but it's really the second most important game of the day. Lions at 49ers. Point spread's been the same all week pretty much. Niners, seven-point favorites. Mia. They let me down last week. That's why I think a lot of people will pick the Lions to cover the spread. I'm not one of them. I think this is the statement game from Brock Purdy and company. Give me San Francisco. It's really hard to argue with uh, that home team and how many times they've been there. They're not shocked by anything. Uh, They were on the road last year, but still they have played in what, four of the last five NFC championships, if not four straight. Uh, Listen, they're my Lions, man. This may be the last time I see I'm wearing – I'm wearing Honolulu blue, and I'm taking the points. And by the way, they have got just as much torch power as San Francisco does on offense. Coach? Yeah, uh, I I like the underdog in this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Detroit uh, on the spread. Uh, I just think with Debo Samuel so-so, I think uh, that hurts San Francisco a bunch. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, listen, that last game against the Packers, I think the 49ers slept walking that game. They should have lost that game, to be quite honest with you. They came out. I don't know if for whatever reason they were lulled to sleep, but Jordan Love played well enough. He Down the stretch towards the end, he threw that interception like he was tired of playing. I'm mm-hmm. telling you the truth because they had them on the ropes. I think this 49ers team wakes up from that because that, that game could have been costly for them. I think they wake up. I think they're going to play with a little bit more intensity on both sides of the ball. And as much as I'm rooting, I want the Lions to get there. Right. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Mm. I'm going with the Niners. Dang. All right. I think the Niners kind of are who they are. Like what, like Coach said, without Debo, it's a, they're not the same they team. They are who we thought they were. They're not the huh. same team. They're not. They're just not. And Debo does so much more than catching the ball. He's running out of the back, but it's the way he blocks in the run game. I think the Lions are going to win outright. Whoa! Outright. Whoa. Whoa. Love that. Lions uh, going to win that, that game. But, uh, Come on over, Honolulu Blue. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I'm taking the Niners to win by eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs at Ravens. This is it, folks. Legacy game for Lamar Jackson. Ravens, the point, uh, it's gone up half of a point. It hadn't moved all week since last Sunday night. Right now, though, the Ravens are lane four at home. I absolutely love the line shift today. Absolutely love it. Because now I can take the Chiefs to cover. Mm-hmm. And if the Chiefs outright win, I don't look like a dummy like I did last week. So mm-hmm. give me Kansas City. It is so hard. Not And we're saying, are we putting it in at four? <laughs> yeah, it's four. All right, so here's the number. This kind of blows me away a little bit. The saucy, uh, if you will, in our Otterson Wealth Advisors picks here. Lamar Jackson has won four straight starts by 14-plus points. Saucy nugs. Pretty impressive. Patrick Mahomes has lost four starts by 14 points in his entire career. Saucy nugs. Something's got to give. Yeah. Mahomes has more conference championship starts than 14-point losses. Saucy nugs. uh, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens. I'm, I'm picking them, and I'm laying points. Dang. The Chiefs hate... Continues, Joe. <laughs> the Chiefs uh, doubt. It's been going the Chiefs on all doubt year. Continues. <laughs> Don't Listen. forget that when the playoffs started, we had to give our top five, yeah, like playoff teams, and they were number seven. 
on are, Joe's are, list. So here's the one thing that I might like. I like. I can't I double. Top 10. I can't double back. I've made my. I've made my pick. But if you go back to my original pick for the Super Bowl, oh, did you have the Chiefs? I had Lions Chiefs. Okay. And so I probably should have That's stayed with enough. that. But I'm going. I'm, I'm laying points. This way, you win either way. Well, I'm a I'm a huge huge fan huge of Lamar Jackson for what he's done this year. When he gets going, you can't tackle him. Period. He's a defensive coordinator's nightmare. But the big but. <laughs> uh, a champion is a champion until they're not. Ooh. I'm going mm. with the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. to win. Okay. Mm. okay. You'll take those four extra points. You can get like plus 180 or plus 170 or something nice. like that. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I've been a fan of El Boogie all season. Um, I'm glad he's in this. This is a legacy game for him. Yeah. I think the Chiefs' Achilles heels, especially on the road, is their offensive line, especially the tackles in a big game like this. And I think the Baltimore Ravens' defensive front can get after it. A couple of offsides here, a couple of legal procedures, a couple of pressures. Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the run, but that doesn't matter. But I'm going with El Boogie. I'm going to go with, I'm going with El Boogie. You I'm think going. you're one? I almost talked myself into it. Uh, I almost talked myself into Kansas City. I did, but I had to go. I had to stay, stay, stay. You think Jawan Taylor's going to get a penalty on the road in the AFC title game? <laughs> I think he's going to get That's multiple. That's going to be minus 500. <laughs> multiple, Come on now. Multiple penalties. Minus 1,000 odds for that to happen. So Leon so, is Leon. Uh, I'm not lo- even putting, by the way, I'm not putting the Ravens in there I, under Leon. I just put Lamar. Yeah, Boogie. I love El Boogie. You know how you stop El Boogie? Pressure up the middle. Hello, Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I look at the middle three of the Ravens are kind of undersized. I think Chris Jones is going to have a big game. Big game, that's number one. And number two, I have little JJ on my shoulder going, Mahomes, 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 Pat. <laughs> Uh-oh. And he's right. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, not only that, not only am I taking the Chiefs, I think it might be a, like a double-digit win, too. What? Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you're high. Crazy. You're high. You had the Lions and the Chiefs? In the name of Ray Lewis, oh, the disrespect that day. <laughs> it's a death right there, JJ. I'm sorry to Patrick Mahomes. You're, you're king. Oh. Although he did. Yeah, Matt, you picked the Bills last week. Dang it. I, I'm going with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not much more to it than I just love Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to bet with him until he'll, I'm not. Yeah, and, and since you and I talked teaser bet yesterday, that's ten points now on Mahomes' side. Exactly. If, if How can you not? So if you if you do a six point teaser, you got the Chiefs plus ten, and then I'm assuming you'll probably take the Lions, like yeah. or I mean the Niners minus what three, two, something yeah, well, like that. One. Yeah. No, it would be my, minus, minus one. one. Yeah. So look, it's not a bad play. No way. All right, so we're in. All right, we're in. Otterson Wealth Advisors risk reward picks. Uh, I want to do one quick 10 10 take before Big Sirs leaves uh, because you, you have to have some say on this. And then Coach will obviously carry this into the two o'clock hour. But it, uh, college football and Jimmy Harbaugh have parted ways, and we didn't even talk about it yesterday. Now, Joe C's 10 10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Sonny's, if you're getting ready for Championship Sunday, getting ready for the big game, whatever it might be, they've got a big game giveaway. So we'll be enticing you with a text 
the word Sonny's invitation for that big game giveaway throughout the next couple of weeks. But make sure you head on into any one of your area Sonny's if you're craving some good barbecue. I love this line from one of the guys that said goodbye to Jim Harbaugh uh, with the piece on ESPN. He climbed trees, had sleepovers, and made cakes for recruits to try and win them over. And then he goes on, talks about everything he did. Jim Harbaugh was a different cat in college. He did different things, and he was talking to a younger group of players. Here he is. He has been in the college football world since the college football playoff has been alive. He was introduced as Michigan's head coach two days before the first college football playoff semifinal games when Urban in Ohio State was beating Nick Saban in Alabama. That's how long he was at Michigan. Accomplished his dream. Got him back to notoriety and won a natty, and now he goes into the National Football League. I'm just going to submit Jim Harbaugh is a different dude heading back to the National Football League, and I want to see whether he can survive because he was talking to guys that he could kind of intimidate just a little bit. Can he go back to the NFL and have his success? That's the 10 take. So what did you think, Leon? I knew that we all felt like he was going to go to the National Football League, but, I mean, sum up Jim Harbaugh in the college football world. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's had success. I mean, San Diego was San Diego. Yeah, University of San, San Diego. Diego, Stanford. Yep. I mean, 49ers, Michigan. I mean, he went back to his alma mater and won him a national championship. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment. I mean, because Michigan at that particular time, they were owned by Ohio State. Ohio State owned them. I mean, he he goes out three three straight wins again and wins a national. Michigan State was owning him. Yeah, too. I mean, so I mean, he changed the whole culture there at Michigan. You know, he made them relevant. You know, kind of like, you know, he was the prodigal son that came home, kind of like what we're hoping Mario can do with Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prodigal son comes home, wins us a championship, keeps us, makes us relevant again, that kind of stuff. He honed in on that stuff and he made it happen. Joe kind of feels did. the same way about Billy Napier. He's kind of like, the oh, son yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to send him home, is what I'm going to do. You know what's funny with, with, with Harbaugh? I was showing Mia this the other day. When he accepted that job, the press conference, he's like a young man. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. he's gray. He looks worn down from those nine years at Michigan. Yeah. What's worn worse, down. being yeah. the president of the United States or the head coach at the University yeah. of Michigan? I mean, he looks worn down. And he only worked half the time this year, honestly. And still right. was worn True. out. True. Although, I guarantee you, he went in the key to on him. He had, he had that, that, that communication thing set up uh, to talk to him the entire time. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, hope, I was hoping Jimmy had sleepovers with us and baked those cakes. <laughs> and baked cakes. <laughs> Uh, all right, Big Sirs. Right. Uh, enjoy the uh, weekend. Appreciate enjoy it. Championship Sunday. Yeah, it. All right, and he's hosting oh, wait, a big I was event. Say the party's on yep. Sunday, right? Party's yeah. on Sunday. Absolutely. Our, our championship weekend at Aromas. We're having at two o'clock. We'll have food, fun, cigars, and we're gonna enjoy two great matchups. Yep. So he's got the VIP list set up. So uh, yeah. if you if you've heard from us, uh, we'll make sure that we get in touch with you and make sure you are there to enjoy it all. All right, we head into the two o'clock hour. Coach, I'm just guessing we got a lot to say about what Trent Balky had to say. Is that correct? Very interesting. Yeah. 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 So let's yeah. Uh, set that up coming up in the two o'clock hour. Probably even more so, you know, uh, you know, when you go through tough times, you find out a lot about a lot of people. You know, and the season didn't end the way we wanted it to. Uh, we, we had some strong conversations throughout the year, kind of where things were at and what we were, you know, where things were trending. Uh, so great communication, great collaboration, and really respect uh, him and, and everything that he does. 
Uh, so I, I don't think there's any, a lot of what's written, a lot of the narratives that are out there are just false, plain and simple, false narratives. Well, Trent Baalke went uh, Trump on us there with fake news. Uh, but uh, whenever you hear that. You are fake news. Whenever you hear that dreaded vote of confidence uh, from uh, an owner as far as a head coach is concerned or maybe an athletics director for a head coach, that kind of had that sound to it. But communication, the collaboration has never been better. And you know who we, you know who we communicate and collaborate with every week? Our head coach, Dave Campo. Did you hear that vote of confidence, Dave? I did. I did. Have you heard Jerry Jones say that to you before? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're best friends. Uh, we're best friends now, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of what was said uh, in the press conference, you know, I've been through it. I, I heard it all before. All right, a, so- lot of it is, a lot of it is is uh, coach speak, mm-hmm. GM speak, yep. owner speak. There's certain things you can say and there's certain things you don't say, and that's so what you hear. What what as you're listening to it live, what did kind of run through your head, maybe from one or two thoughts that you're that are still with you now, once you heard that press conference? Well, two things. Number one, I think he's taking some heat. Uh and and you know, he's not gonna uh say anything bad about anything that he's done. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's all gonna be, well, you know, we're in this all together and we're you know, that's good if mm-hmm. that's the truth, but right. you know it's 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 us. It's not me, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's one thing that that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, the other thing is, I think he's a little bit of a a, a little bit like Jerry uh, Jones. He's a he's a frustrated football coach uh, as a GM. I think those two things stick out. Now, let, I want to preface that with because a little bit because. When I look at the overall picture that he's done here, I'm not as upset as the general public is because some of the draft stuff is going to be found out in the next one or two years, not what happened this year. But at the same time, uh, the one thing that concerned me was when I heard that he sat in on all the coach interviews, that's Jerry, you know, and and that bothered me just a little bit, you know, that – Hey, this has got to be Doug's, Doug's deal. Right. You know, uh, you can see that Urban Meyer went, but the GM stayed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if the coach is going to go, uh, you know, he ought to be pretty involved in what's going to happen. The Josh Allen conversation, which is one of our biggest storylines we're following today, especially in light of Mike Florio's report, Pro Football Talk, that Josh Allen's camp wasn't too happy when they heard Trent Baalke say Josh will be a Jaguar next year because Josh is not under contract as of right now, and his camp hasn't heard from Trent Baalke. When you heard that, I know you, like so many others, Coach Campo, are under the assumption that, you know, they'll probably tag him to extend the negotiating window, hopefully get a deal done before camp begins. Um, But what was your reaction as a former coach and knowing the – I don't want to say like the the scarlet letter, but like what the franchise tag, how it's viewed by players. Well, a couple of things. One, uh, every player is going to be upset if you're not telling them how good they are and how much money they're going to get and all of those things. So I take a little bit of it with a grain of salt that their camp is upset and this and that. That's what I would say. If I was his uh, agent, I would say that because I want some leverage. I want to be able to say, 
look, you're not dealing with me. Uh, you better get dealing with me or else I'm going somewhere else. On the other end of things, they're looking for le- – the, the club is looking for leverage. So just by him saying, uh, well, we haven't started that yet, but I have leverage because I can, I can franchise him. Uh, that is, is there. Now, at the same time, I would think that they would have had some kind of a conversation, whether it be, hey, look, we're going to get something done. Let's, we need to pull back a little bit, see where we're at with everything we have, and, and then go forward with it. Okay, since you're the only NFL coach here and you are, you grace us with your NFL knowledge, okay? <laughs> oh, I know something's coming here now. No, this <laughs> is like, I mean, this, this has to be asked, okay? Yeah. When you were the Cowboys coach, your GM was also your owner, okay? Jerry right. Jones. Right. So if Jerry Jones, and he holds his press conferences all the time, let's just Jerry Jones comes out and says, we have to develop players better. Who's he talking about? Me. Right. <laughs> There's right. no question about so, that. So clearly what Trent Baalke did was saying the coaches have to do a better job. Right. And, if, if and, I was, and, and, took, and took no blame on himself for giving him the players that they have. Right. We do it every day here. That the coaches yeah. have no, I know do a we do, job. but my point is, yeah. this these is guys, cottage these guys are supposed to be on even keel. Yeah. Right. Like no one's right. no, like Peterson's right. not higher than Balky. Balky's not higher than Peterson. Right? They yeah. both report to Shad. Yes, but clearly, this is Trent Balky throwing him under the bus. Is it Abs- not? Absolutely. It, it's like I said just a minute ago. He's not going to make it look like anything is his fault. Mm-hmm. It's going to be someone else is not. I'm bringing guys in, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're not getting it done. You know, that's... that's now, I'm going to say this. You don't have to say this, but I'm saying it. That's a coward is what it is. <laughs> is well, it I, not? Yeah, well, in a way, but uh, yeah, I guess you could say that, but I, I don't necessarily You're not look saying that, right. And I understand. Yeah. I, respect yeah, I, I described it as he har, Harbaugh harpooned him because that's basically the, the thought, the vibe, the way things deteriorated. Uh, out in the bay is that when you start to undermine publicly the job that's being done with the personnel that you get, have given a head coach, right. that that can only be a negative. That, that it's creates a, negative. a lot of negative energy. It's a negative. It's a negative. Yeah. You know, I think it could have been said better. You know, I think you know you approach it with the idea. If I was doing it, and I felt that way, and that was a, that was a problem, which. We feel that way a little sure, bit. Sure, there wasn't a course. development in some areas. Of course, but my okay. point is this: if he's going to say that, and again, right. I don't mind publicly calling people out. Right. He's also got to say, "I sucked at delivering the players that could help right. this team right. too." And that's what I was just going to say. I was going to say, if I was saying it, I would have said, "You know, we're all in this together. Uh, there have been some decisions that I've made that we would like to get back." I'm sure that there have been some decisions that the head coach has made that he'd like to get back. And, you know, there we need to get better in a number of areas, including on how we look at the draft, how we, we evaluate our people, and all those kind of things. So I think there could have been a, a more diplomatic way of saying yeah, there that. there you go. But it wasn't done, and and so in answer to your question, it was a little bit underneath the, uh, you know, to the boat, you know, uh, Threw him under the bus. Yeah, throw him under the bus a little bit. Which is all about tone. It's all about PR, which, as I said yesterday when I sat down here, and I will continue to say, unfortunately, the track record suggests Trent's not the best at perfectly crafting that message, and maybe right. those helping him craft that message are not helping him. 
And so well, this I, is but, this is what it is. Like this is yeah, what it's yeah. been for three years. Yeah. That's why I wasn't surprised that even if let's say because somebody said to me yesterday, they're like, he was really trying to throw press under the bus and the defensive coaching staff. Right. That's who he was really hinting at. Right. But to an to to uh, you know just a casual eye, it sounds like he's throwing Doug and everybody completely like the entire staff under the bus. Right. And that's where I said, unfortunately, this is where tone. Crafting your message is Absolutely. so vital, and I'm not gonna bash them, but like that's where PR somebody like yeah. Help, and that's, uh, listen, help. And, and, and with the Cowboys, Rich Dalrymple was our uh, public relations director. Jerry and I never said one thing without him being there to hear what we were going to say in anything that we said. And you guys would go over it. And we went that over was the it. filter. Okay, now Jerry. The filter didn't mean anything to Sure. The filter meant something to me. And so, you know, in answer to that, what you just said, Mia, is he very easily could have said, you know, and that's why some people are not here right now. Yeah, I call it. Or or you guys are giving him – I think he said what he said because he wanted to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's coaching. I don't think there was any awkwardness to anybody. Yeah, I think he – he went out there and said what he felt in his heart. Like I, I'm just going to say it. It's a CYA and it's an undermining tone. Well, it was. Okay? It, it was a little bit. What it's he both said. of them. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not like. Yeah. In other words, I didn't go in there. Oh, like coming out of a presser, man, I screwed that one up. I should yeah. have said no, no, right. no. So CYA. Just, that's and what he wanted to say. And, and, right. and so now you, you, at the very least, the, all you know, all Duval, like always saying that because those are the passionate Jaguar fans that are out there that put their hard-earned money to buy tickets, to party, and, and, right. and be with this football team and look forward so much to what was coming this year. They were let down. There's no question they yeah. were let down. Yeah. But you still know that the head coach is still here, the general manager is still here. So after that, on the heels of that, how does he fix this football team going forward? And how much responsibility does he take seriously to fix this Will football team? Will he be the one monitoring and helping spot Trayvon Walker on the bench press <laughs> in the in the weight room? No. He better not be because he that's not his that's not his job. Yeah, but like how like well, in I'm other just, words, what will he how seriously will he realize that his job his job is on the line to fix yeah, this personnel wise? I don't think he cares one way or another. I really think that's that he's right, at, that I started mm-hmm. out, yeah. Yeah. I think he's at the point right now where uh it's a little like uh the one of the guys that they looked at for the hit, uh coordinator job. Mm-hmm. Some guys don't care. They're who they are and that's who right. they're gonna be and and uh, it's already been proven that Trent has had some issues mm-hmm. with the thing we're talking about here. So right. uh, there is something to that. I, I am hopeful that they can put those things aside, and it's not, it's not going to be Trent monitoring what they do in the weight room. I tell you yeah. that right now. Yeah. He, he's might have sounded like that, but it's not. Well, I, yeah, I just I hope the back and forth includes uh, Doug saying to him, you shop for the groceries, you got to do a better job. Uh, absolutely. I'm cooking a meal, you got to do a better job. All right, uh, real quick of that, uh, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. After reportedly interviewing with the team this week, the Jaguars are expected to hire Chris Richard to work with new defensive coordinator, former Saints colleague Ryan Nielsen, according to Aaron Wilson of KPRC, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Richard, of course, a highly experienced defensive coach, as Wilson notes, former Saints co-DC with Nielsen and secondary coach, former Cowboys DBs and passing game coordinator, former Seahawks defensive coordinator, 
and secondary coach. Also of note, the Jaguars will also be hiring, according to Matt Zenitz of On3, and now, or excuse me, of 247 Sports, and then confirmed by Aaron Wilson, will be hiring Corey Robinson, the former Tennessee defensive analyst, who will be the cornerbacks coach here in Jacksonville. All right, so let's stay on that, at least look into those guys a little bit more. You might have some intel as far as what they're, they can bring to the table because we're thinking scheme. We're thinking of the personnel that matches the scheme. We'll do all that coming up. It's XL Primetime. Our head coach, Dave Campo, hanging out with us. You can hit the text line if you've got a question, 641-1010. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Inching closer and closer to the weekend on this big hair, heavy metal Friday. Coach Campo hanging out with us the rest of the way right here on XL Primetime. And let's stay with the news we just brought to you. Jaguars continue to make hires to flesh out Ryan Nielsen's defensive coaching staff. Chris Richard, who worked with Nielsen in New Orleans, as well as another former Saints assistant, and Corey Robinson slated to join the Jaguars. And, Coach, familiar with both those names? Well, more familiar with Richard than I am Robinson. Uh, you know, I've heard some good things about Robinson as far as his technical uh, part of the game, which is really when you're a cornerback coach, that's what you're doing. You know, the majority of the, the game planning and all that stuff is the safeties coach because, you know, he's dealing with the whole secondary most of the time. Mm-hmm. Richard uh, has a very good reputation. when I, I, I Saw him quite a bit in Dallas. Uh, he came very close to getting the the coordinator job in Dallas, uh, and you know has been a coordinator. Uh, understands the passing game. Uh, the players liked him, so you know I think it's a good hire. And and you know how important I think it is for Nielsen to have number one people that he's been around, but also on the back end. You know, uh, understand, and this guy has been in long enough to understand not just what his guys are doing, but what's happening in the passing game. So, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that that's a good hire. The one that's gonna is is it gonna be a little confusing for me is what Chewy's gonna do, mm-hmm. because if they go four three, what is who's he coaching? Right. You know, he's an outside linebackers coach. Now that doesn't mean he can't coach, because I think he's a good coach. But uh, you know, I, you know, he'll probably be coaching the defensive ends. And, and uh, uh, Nielsen will take care of the interior, you know, the interior tackles. Is and, that a natural thing yeah, that's all, for coaches? Yeah, that's, it would be okay for yeah, him? Yeah, usually there's two D-line coaches. So, you know, I would assume that he would continue to coach uh, Allen, hopefully Josh, that he's here, Trayvon. and Trayvon. Right. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, too, is, of course, Chris, Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, USC guys – I know everyone's clamoring on the text line and on the YouTube chat about getting Tony Baselli in here to like help with the structure of the Jaguars organization. They're going to his old stomping grounds right. to bring in guys. Yeah, maybe he'll show up. And maybe. your old stomping grounds too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and he, you know, the the guy that is passionate about the team has been kind of the big sell. And if if Big Bo wants that, then you know, I I would support it a hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. just, and you know this a heck of a lot more than we do. The countless hours, the devotion to everything you're doing, and that may not come in the form of the title we're talking about with him, but just you know the coaching point of view, bringing these guys in, you got to work tirelessly. Absolutely, and that's been the thing with the ex-players a little bit. You know, you either get a really good one or you don't get one that is willing to put the time and the hours in and don't realize how many time, sure. how many hours are are, yeah. are spent. All right, so but there to, are guys that I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah. There are guys that see things that need to be seen, though, right? There are former sure. players. Oh yeah, oh, that no. see things that guys that aren't former players 
Can't see. Yeah, well, they've done it. I mean, anytime you do something, you you obviously you have an insight that maybe a guy that hasn't done that. But right. the, the question is, can you teach it? And that's a big issue. You know, if you're not 100% invested in, in the thing and you're not, some guys can teach and some guys can't. Right. And, uh, but as a consultant now, uh, I could see a guy like Baselli coming in and, and being an offensive consultant because, right. he, uh, you know, he's been through it. He's watched it. You know, and he has a pretty good feel for it. So, you know, that's possible. And and just the idea of seeing all the other good teams with his radio role. and Right, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah, he's seen it, yeah, you know, yeah. for, so, with the good and teams. And all the conversations he has in, in a bigger circle now as a Hall of Famer, all that stuff is, is, is real. All right, real quick, because I want to get you to chime in on the conference championship games and also your memories of playing in these big ball games. But we don't know the answer to this yet. But based on what you're seeing and hearing, the personnel that they have here can adapt and adjust because of all the hybrids that, that are called defensively, right? Absol- absolutely. And, uh, you know, you look at the 4-3, what do you do in the 4-3? Well, you just put those guys that have been playing outside linebacker, put their hand on the ground. Yeah. And, we, and, and they have to have some physical presence or whatever to play, uh, you know, a, a, a down role. Mm-hmm. And I think we have those kind of players. Uh, and, you know, I think it all depends on, you know, who do they bring in? Do they bring in a, a nose tackle? You right. know, well, then they're going for three, four. You know, I mean, it, it just depends on what they look at from it's a not, philosophy It's standpoint. not crazy to think that you could have whoever the two interior guys are, uh, Trayvon and Josh, and then that three linebacking core, you actually might see Muma and Devin Lloyd in, and in base Boye. defense. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no question about that. And then the other thing is, it was interesting because I was talking to Tom McManus the other mm-hmm. day, and and McManus has the same feeling from watching that I do that Devon Hamilton would be an outstanding three technique yeah. in a four-three defense. Right. So you put that in there with the abilities of the two outside linebackers to be able to put their hand down and play and Right, Walker be able to shift inside when you when you kick the front down one way or another. Yeah, that's a that bodes well as well. So I think they have some flexibility. I think they'll do what what they feel the personnel is capable of doing. Championship game talk. You've coached in a couple, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Let's and do that. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do that coming up because this becomes even more enormous, right? Yes. Again, separate uh, Super Bowls, a whole separate level. Right. But let's at least get some of your memories and thoughts on these games coming up on XL Prime. Okay. The First Coast Honda Dealer Studios on 1010XL. He's the Belichick of fantasy football. You're on to Cincinnati. And he doesn't cheat. That's a conversation for later. Mike Dempsey, 10 to noon weekdays. Right. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. On 1010XL. Hey there, it's Mia O'Brien. Do you really want to spend your precious weekend time this weekend by washing dirty windows and unclogging gutters? Call Window Gang, America's number one cleaning company, and go do something fun this weekend in such beautiful weather. With over 35 years of experience, Window Gang knows clean like no other. These are professionals who truly know what they're doing, bringing their expertise to your home or business. Trust me, I met with them this morning. They're awesome. What sets Window Gang apart? It's not just about the cleaning. Nope, it's the courteous and friendly service. Always on time, satisfaction guaranteed. They are not done until the job is done right. Window Gang offers a full range of services, 
window and blind cleaning to gutters, pressure washing, very important this time of the year, roof and house washing, dryer vent cleaning, and even chimney sweeping. Check out their stellar Google reviews online and call their super-friendly staff at 262-7300 to schedule your free estimate. That's 262-7300. Window Gang, where service goes beyond your expectations. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We will finish up our day with our anthem. We have been giving away Bush tickets. JJ, uh, real quick, just give them the details on that because we have given them away. So you don't call right now, but since we did hook them up, we'll be given more chances later. But just let people know again. Uh, we don't have any more. No, chances. no, I know that. I'm just saying, today we do not have any more. But we will have. I'm just saying, give them the information <laughs> on if they want to buy tickets. Oh, when, I. When uh, is the concert? It's yeah. August 29th. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that we said it again, just so we can let people know, because you can still buy those tickets, <laughs> but they have been given away on our show. All right. So, coach, when we think of championship weekend we think of the final four people should probably appreciate the final four a little bit more in the national football league the way we do in college basketball uh, this is a big dang day of football what's it like coaching in the championship sunday well first of all you know it's you know you're one game away from being what every single coach in america wants mm-hmm. to be involved in you know there's been this is what super bowl 57 mm-hmm. there's only been 56 other staffs that have been in that game in the history of the game of football. So, uh, so you, there's, there's that involved in it, but also it's a really hard work situation because prior to this week, you're looking at three different situations, four different situations as to who you might be playing in that game. So now all of a sudden you're breaking down two teams and then all of a sudden it's one team and one team. You know, you're, you're, you're stressed out for, for a while <laughs> there getting ready for that ball game as assistant coaches. You know, you're, you're trying to, you know, get every pass play down and do all these different things with, with two teams that, that, you know, you might be playing that particular week. So it's, it's really a, a, a great uh, time. It's exciting. Uh, but, the bottom line is you got to win. These four teams in particular, let's dive into them. We've given some of our X factors during the week, some of your X factors, Coach Campo. You alluded to it during our picks. You think if Debo Samuel can't go, that changes the trajectory of the Niners' offense. Yeah, and I think when in our picks we're, we're dealing with spreads, but mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is who's the best team and wins. And uh, I think that when it, it won't be as much of a factor this week as it was last week. Because I believe Debo uh, was a integral part of the game plan right, going into week. last week, right? And then he gets hurt in the ball game, and now all of a sudden you're adjusting everything. Who's going to play his role? Who are we going to scrap all those plays that we had for him specifically? This week they know that there's a possibility that he either will or he won't play. I don't know what the what the percentage is now, but. He will not be quite as big an individual situation, mm-hmm. but when you lose a guy like that, that's a that a, that's a critical guy. He's one of the guys that can win or lose for you. So, as a as a head coach, former head coach in the league, how difficult is it for you to to say, all right, let's just keep doing what we're doing because that's what got us here, as opposed to we are one step away. Let's not leave anything that that on the table that could help us win. Absolutely, you're looking at everything. 
I mean, I think so. It's no, you, it's not just simply let's just do what we've been doing. Right. Okay. Right. And but a lot of it is attitude. I look back at you know the Super Bowl games, uh, spe- specifically the first one, because that one for us was you know unheard of. Well, Jimmy, you know he walked in like he'd played in fifty Super Bowls. <laughs> the night before the game, he was fantastic. I mean, he just you know he just said, "Hey, come on, guys, hey." You realize where we're at? You realize how good we can be? What you, how your lives are going to change? Right, right. And then he had three or four guys stand up and say how much it meant to them, and then they were ready to roll, you know. But it really comes down to a little bit of attitude as well. They've gotten there because they've done the thing, the right, right things to get to that position. Now they just have to put it all together. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make a lot of mistakes. The team that makes the most mistakes is going to lose in this game for sure. Yeah. Because you got the best two in that in the NFC and the best two in the AFC. The Lions are kind of there, right? Like you guys with your first Cowboys. That's where they're at for them, right? Yep. And I think they got the right guy at the helm because I think he thinks they're going to beat anybody and everybody. Right. And and I think that's important. It really is. That's kind of a good attitude when when you describe it that way. And it's really cool that Jimmy was able to break it down like that. Yep. Uh, when when you look as a defensive coordinator, primarily in your career, who would you rather face, and who would you have nightmares facing, Mahomes and Lamar? Because both, like Spagnola, what hasn't he seen? Yeah. Okay, he is yeah. a great defensive coordinator. Right. Yet Mike McDonald has done an incredible job as the D.C. for the Ravens this year. So who has a tougher job, and, and, and who would you say, we ain't done uh, yet, uh, fellas, we ain't leaving <laughs> until we figure it out? Hey, listen, uh, I'd have to say both on those two because <laughs> both those quarterbacks are, are dangerous, dangerous. I, I really think that I really think that Kansas City is a little bit more diversified with their offense than Baltimore is. Interesting. If Baltimore can't run the football effectively, and Lamar, you can do some things to try to keep him in the pocket as best you can. Right. I really think that's why I would be uh, more concerned with Mahomes because he's been there and he does more things and they're a little bit more diverse in what they do. Mm -hmm. So that would be in the NFC. I mean, excuse me, in the AFC, yeah. that's what I would look at. All right, I, I got to sneak a another Pacifico Perfecto in here because I think it's perfect for, for Coach uh, right now. Uh, JJ, give it to me, baby. Give it to perfecto. me. Perfecto! Perfecto because the first Perfecto went JJ's way. It's on his way to Italy. That's in. That's if we don't put a hit out on him because he said Bill Belichick is going to have a head coaching job or he's, yeah, he's, he's going to he bet his life on it. What that's do you think, uh, Coach? Where do you think Bill Belichick is this time next year? I, I, I have no idea, but I know he's not going anywhere this year. He is now the favorite to win an Amazon broadcast booth job is what he is right now. All right, so listen to this. If you think about the conference championship game, what Brock Purdy's been able to do, it's just kind of amazing. So 16 quarterbacks have started a conference championship game who were either undrafted or selected in the seventh round or later. You can appreciate seventh round or later because how many rounds was it? 12, 12. 12 rounds when you were around. So, in that group, you got Brock Purdy, who did it already last season, and who else has done it as an undrafted quarterback starting uh, in the NFC Championship game and wearing a Lions uniform? Wearing a Lions uniform. Yep. Oh, I know who it is. 
I can't remember his name. Kramer? Yes, oh. there ah, he is. Coach, right there. Right yeah, there. because he beat us. That's why I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> oh. Oh I could oh. not remember his name. I'm right on to my tongue when you go Kramer. Eric Kramer. Yeah. I had, yeah. Bring, I had to bring it up. So he is the last Lions quarterback to play in an NFC championship game. They obviously did not get to the Super Bowl, but can you take us back? And listen, I I owe my career to Kramer because we came in without all those quarter defenses and we didn't have the corners to really uh, play it mm-hmm. and, and teams didn't know how to attack it. But he ripped us for about 32 points, and that's when we went out and got Kevin, Kevin Smith and Larry Brown. <laughs> wow. And so he extended my career for, for a number <laughs> so of years. let's yeah. pair that. We mentioned earlier about Ryan Nielsen and Trent's comment that he's not a man defense. What did you make of that, knowing you shifted? You went to a championship game, and you said, we don't have the personnel to do what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, well, I, first of all, I, I think he's more man than what we just had here, okay? But they do do both. But he's, he's a press guy. He'll, he'll, he'll press the guys. And when we played quarters, we pressed the corners. Yeah. So you have to look at who you have, and you got to say, here's what we need. <laughs> if we don't have this, same thing with Darren Woodson. You know, we didn't have a big, strong safety. We found Go one. get him. Yeah. Go yeah. get him. Yeah, Find exactly. Him. You know. And I, I agree with our coach more man than maybe what Coach Palkey was thinking. Yeah. All right. We've got our takeaways coming up. The Francis Show coming up. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Now let's go mano mano with Frank Franchi. That's very good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. you, do, that's, you do a good trend. You've always he, done a trend? He went straight man oh man on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. How we doing, everybody? We good? We're Friday? Good. It, it's uh, warm out. It's warm and it's Friday? It's warm and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, warm and Friday. You, you put warm and Friday on the same sentence? When? Did you get uh, nine holes in this morning? I did not. Okay. I, Coach Campo's looking to get some yeah, golf in this weekend. Yeah, you try to get some weekend. golf. I have not. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not playing this weekend. I'm actually going to Gainesville tomorrow for the basketball game. Nice. It's a good one. It's a big one. You know the last time I was in there, there for a basketball game was, was 15? Really? See, I when have they went not, to the Final Four. I, no, 14, no, it, it was, was the year final. after. It yeah. was the year after. It's the last time I've been to Florida for a basketball game. So you haven't been there since the renovation? I've not seen Exact Tech Arena. My first trip wow. to Exact Tech is tomorrow. Oh, I'll I mean, just I, go old Gomer it, on you. Yeah. Shame, shame, yeah. I, Isn't shame. that awful? You guys, you've been, haven't you? Said, no. Have you been? Yeah, yeah but not. I, I'm going back in time. I bet it was 18. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. you. I, I probably haven't been there. It's shame on me. That's yeah. just 11 or 12. I have been to – one Florida football game and one Florida basketball game since I started calling Jags games in 14. Because wow. mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. weekends are busy, right. and, and it, I don't have any real football basketball. Football was a given, yeah. but basketball was like, okay, i got to make, yeah, yeah. make time. Yeah, so, so I need to get down. So, you see, yeah, no, no golf this weekend, but then and I'm really excited about the games on Sunday. Oh, the, uh, yeah. Who do y'all like? Well, we just asked Coach, <laughs> what would keep you up later at night defending yeah. Mahomes or defending Lamar? Lamar. What'd you answer? What'd you say? Yeah. I Both. said Mahomes. <laughs> Yeah. Team is more diverse yeah. 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 The, Mahomes is the great, great player, but boy, Lamar's gotten good. Because I mean, you know, he's, he's become a good passer. Oh, my he's, God. He's yeah. 67% passer. Well, here's the stat I threw out earlier, Frank. They have Lamar's team has won their last four games right. by 14 points. Pat Mahomes has lost four games by 14 points or more in his career. In his career. That's it. Isn't that amazing? I said this yesterday on the air. Since I've been calling Jags games since 14, players you dread facing. Derrick Henry, way high on the list mm-hmm. for, for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mahomes, obviously. Yeah, he's a football terrorist. Yeah, right, right, foot, yeah. Uh, Mahomes. 
I think Lamar's next in my 10 years as yeah. far as guys you dread being on the, the other way, team. This team came back on him last yeah, that, year. No, that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. So we'll talk about that. I want to talk about all the hirings. I think there's a clear trend in the hirings, uh, what all these teams get out of uh, uh, winning. We'll talk all about that coming up in a bit, even some college basketball in just a bit. Thanks, guys. All right, sounds good. Frank Frangie, they are coming up, the Frangie Show. Hey, it's Lauren, RJ, all ahead right now. Let's get this done. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Uh, my takeaway is Pat Mahomes, period. End of discussion, not saying anything else. My takeaway is that <laughs> another that. Sunday of my exercise takes a hit. But you're going to go golf yeah. tomorrow. Uh, so you'll go off tomorrow. Well, I'm going to try and get some on Saturday, but yeah. Sunday I'm Better history. than last week. Last week you said you didn't yeah, leave the house. I had to go house. the whole weekend. Right. right. You'll get a little bit of exercise in. I'm, I know I'm going to get some exercise in this good weather this afternoon uh, before championship weekend, as well as some UNF women's basketball tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Ospreys. Uh, Chaz Lanier, 33 points, a career high last night. Matthew Driscoll and the boys, fifth straight. They will play for first place in the A-Sun tomorrow night up in Kentucky. Yeah, good stuff. Keep it going, Matthew, that's for sure. Uh, my takeaway is look at the upstart in Dan Campbell and the Lions. Jacksonville was dreaming of being that. They aren't right now but can be soon, so you just got to keep the faith because what he's built up there is pretty special. And then, speaking of special, just watch these guys play. Watch all four quarterbacks and all four teams play and know that you can get there one day. We are done. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Coach Campo, Big Surce, and J.J. J.J., leave us with our anthem. Uh, and Big John, as we head off into the weekend, everybody enjoy Championship Sunday. Get some good grub and enjoy some good ball. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You got to suck the blood out of my mouth. Let's go, baby. Whoa!